Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 154 of Otaku Brothers. My name's Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How the heck are you doing? Doing good. Uh, this is always a fun episode. Talk about anticipated games. Always a little bit overwhelming see, seeing how many games I have to play this year. That's right. But and, some great uh, titles coming down the pipeline. That's that's right. Yeah. So if you are new here, typically every year, Ryan and I do our top 10 favorite games played over the course of the year. This year was a little unique where we split it up and did our top 10 and our community top 10 with all of those emails that we read last episode. So if you haven't checked those out, be sure to tune into those because they're pretty beefy, pretty meaty, and a nice variety of games we talked about. Yeah, for sure. So good stuff. But after that, following up the year that was, we have to talk about the year that's coming soon, and that is 2023. And it, there are so many games. It is ridiculous. My wallet's already hurting, and I haven't even yeah. pre-ordered anything. It just knows what's coming around the corner. And just the first half of 2023 is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I was going through games yesterday, and by the time we got to like May, I was at like 10 games that I wanted. Yeah. And I was like, shit, we still have a lot of other months to go through. Yeah. So, I mean, they're well spread out, but like the first half of the year is really front loaded. It really sure. is. Like even starting in the 21st today, the 24th with Forspoken, like mm-hmm. they come, they're back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of games coming down the pipeline, but yes, so this is our top 10 most anticipated games of the new year. But in addition to that, you know, typically when it comes to a new year, people want to get back to the gym more, maybe eat a bit cleaner and all that kind of stuff. All I'm thinking about is video games. Yeah, no, that's all that matters. Yeah. So I'm thinking about how, what are my goals for the year? What do I want to knock off the backlog? Uh, Again, what games do I want to play that are coming out in the year? down the pipeline. So yeah, so not only are we going to talk about our top 10 specific games that we're looking forward to most coming out this year, we're also going to talk through some of our gaming resolutions going into the new year. You know, Ryan playing less RuneScape. I might be doing a less trophy hunting. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll try and better our numbers than last year. You know? Yeah. I'm going for 1500 hours in RuneScape. Hell yeah. <laughs> that 900, 900 hour crap. <laughs> so weak. Yeah, rookie numbers. I'm at like 300 hours already this year, so no, I'm, you're not. I'm, I'm on pace. Holy shit. Well, that already like <laughs> blows my uh, Otaku Brothers challenge out of the water that I'll be getting to here later. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking at least 75 plats this year. Okay, that, that seems reasonable. I think Lauren will approve of that. Dude, I, I don't even want to spend time with her. You know, it's, it's all about platinums this year. I, You know what? The way she was talking about you downstairs, I, I don't think she does want to see you. She just... Is a marriage a marriage if you don't have an like a exorbitant amount of platinums each I, year? I re- not a healthy one. No, not at all. That's right. So, um, but yeah, no, we have a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. <laughs> a platinum a day keeps the counselor away. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard in therapy. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, we'll get to all that and then some in the back half of the episode. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be good times. But as we always do on a talking brothers, we got to talk about our weeks, anything that's been going down in our personal lives that we want to bring to the show and we also talk about each and every time we get behind the mics the games that we have been playing recently so it's going to be mighty fun we hope the episode finds you well hopefully you're sipping on a nice piping hot cup of coffee just like ryan and i are and maybe 
you're playing some great video games. Wherever it finds you, we hope you find this entertaining. And uh, maybe you walk away from the show with a couple games you're looking forward to even more that you didn't even know about. Yeah, hopefully. So should be fun. But yeah, let's let's kick things off, Ryan. How's the past two weeks been going for you? Been pretty good. Uh, a little busy. I'm just trying to get involved in certain things coming into the new year. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading. Oh, um, Audible actually has been doing reading for me and I've been doing a lot of <laughs> listening, but I, I'll count them as the same. I've actually gone through four books in the last two weeks. Um, I'm, go- I'm going through The Expanse. Um, it's a nine kind of the main arc is nine books. Um, the show on Amazon is six, the first six. Um, and then there's kind of a time jump to the last three. Um, but I, I wanted to know what happens. And yeah. It's not 100 percent sure. There, there's rumors and the directors or showrunners have talked about it potentially coming back, but I want to know what happens now because mm-hmm. I just finished the show. So I'm going through all the books. Um, there's So I finished the first book, and there's three novellas, kind of deeper dive into some of the characters in their past. So okay. I, I got through all three of those as well. So on the way over here, I started the second book in the series. Good for you, man. That's awesome. I It's actually kind of funny you mentioned that. A coworker of mine said, hey, Going back into the uh, the Lord of the Rings books, reading through them, he's already like halfway through Two Towers, and I just as much as I love the aspect of picking up a physical book and turning a page, there's really nothing that compares. I just feel like those types of books, I'd much prefer someone to read them to me. Yeah, and I I've been doing like morning cardio, so I'm like mm. listen. I have the first, I think I have all the Lord of the Rings on Audible. If mm-hmm. you want to use my account, but like hopping on a treadmill, just walking in the morning, and then listening to either The Expanse or. I have the same Aurelian on there, mm. um, but yeah, it's good nothing time. gets me jazzed more than hearing about Middle Earth. Yeah, for sure. The same Aurelian's hard though, because just so much is going on with mm-hmm. so little context. But yeah. yeah, well, good stuff. Well, good. I love to hear it. Love that uh, you're reading some books, mm-hmm. or at least hearing books being read to you. <laughs> yep, it's good stuff. Uh, nothing too crazy for me this week to report. Uh, one thing I think is worth mentioning, though. So, I've talked on this podcast and certainly my YouTube channel before how. I don't have a whole lot of history finding great deals out in the wild when it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, finding a treasured NES game that's worth a thousand dollars at some flea market for a penny or something like that. Like I don't have that kind of luck, but occasionally over the course of my video game going out in the wild experience, I found a couple gems Good. here and there. And the other day I was sitting up here in the game room working and Lauren sends me a text. So the neighborhood that we live in, there's like a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So if anyone finds like, hey, some someone suspicious is going around, we caught something on our ring light thing that someone's jiggling doors or trying to break into cars late at night, people will just say, hey, keep an eye on this. Or, hey, there's a stray dog or a stray cat in the neighborhood. Is this anyone's type of thing? Just normal neighborly like stuff. Mm-hmm. People also say, hey, uh, was digging through my garage, have a couple like appliances or work tools or bikes. If anyone wants these, come and pick them up. Well, the other day, this dude posts and he says, hey, I have an old Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 lot. I'll sell the whole thing for 50 bucks. So Lauren sends this to me because she got like an alert on her phone that someone posted in the chat. She opened it up. She sent it to me almost immediately and said, hey, you might want to jump on this if you're interested. I was very interested. So because for context, back in 2020, I had a PS3 that was actually gifted to me by someone on YouTube many, many moons ago, and it was their PS3 after they'd gotten a Slim. So they've already kind of run that thing into the ground. I got it secondhand, and 
played it quite a bit in the like mid 2000s ish time frame. But in 2020, I figured, okay, well, I'm locked down. What better thing to do than go back and try and get the platinum trophy in Final Fantasy 13? <laughs> so I started a new file. I get deep into chapter, I think, 11. Um, when you get to Grand Pulse, you, the game really it kind of explodes and expands. You get to go wherever you want. Crystarium stuff, you know, expands as well. That's where the meat of the game really gets good. And I found this perfect opportunity to go back and forth in this area and grind and just start to max out my Crystarium so I can kind of just breeze through the end game bosses. Yeah. And about half, couple hours into that grind, my PS3 gets the yellow light of death which is very similar to the Red Rings of Death yeah. that the Xbox 360 was known for. And so at that point, it was so bad that I don't even think I was able to get my copy of Final Fantasy 13 out of the disk drive. Mm-hmm. So it's still kind of just sitting there. Cool. All of that to say, I don't have an operational PS3. So I borrowed yours, was playing, you know, some Rango and Up and Mega Mind, the hits. <laughs> the classics. The greatest, AAA. The greatest all the hits, way. for sure. Um and, uh, but I didn't want to borrow your, your PS3 forever. Right? It I, hasn't stopped you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Eventually I was looking forward to try and find someone second, uh, a secondhand PS3 at some point. Well, lo and behold, this guy posts on the Facebook group and within five minutes, Lauren had sent me a text about it and I messaged him within five minutes and I said, Hey, I have no need for the 360, but I'll happily take the PS3 off your hands. It was a PS3 fat. At the time, it was difficult to know because he didn't provide like the specs or anything. If it was like one of the launch day models or one of the ones that came out subsequent to that a couple of years later, what the gigabyte was, like what the hard drive space was, I, I didn't know. But it came with a controller, the power cord, and three games Metal Gear Solid 4, God of War 3, and Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Okay. And I thought, okay, solid bundle. And I said, hey, if you still have it, again, this is five minutes after he posted posted about it. Would you sell it to me for 25? And he's like, yeah, done. You can come pick it up whenever. He's like, I'll be around all day today. So I was like, oh my goodness. What a deal. Yeah, no, that's a great deal. I, if you ever find an Xbox 360 though, I am looking for an Xbox. Oh yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, I should have just snagged it yeah, for you. Yeah, probably. It's cool. You, do, you don't talk to me during the week. Yeah. No, but because uh, I, we were like ultimately went before the ne- this next generation came out for xboxes we we wanted we were looking for ones right one x yeah and my i think i have a bricked 360 at my parents house still mm. um so i still have my hard drive and all of my saves and all that kind of stuff so i mean i still want to go back and play halos and mm-hmm. those type of things i just don't have the means and nor do i want to pay a couple hundred bucks for a one okay so. well no i'll keep an eye out for you i, I, re- I should have snagged it because the, the 360 lot and i'll talk about the ps3 and what i discovered about this person because you can tell a lot about someone based on their video game console. Yeah. Especially their save data, the types of games they choose to play. Just dead or alive all the way. It really is a personal diary <laughs> yeah. about the person, I think. Uh, especially if you can get like a PS2 memory card, then mm. you really get a deep dive on the person's history. <laughs> and so his 360 lot really consisted of like Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed, my kind of people. I was going to say, he sounds like a good guy right up your alley. We might have to go out and grab some food at some some point and kind of catch up and talk about Ezio or something. But um, (laughs) yeah, like he had Halos, Call of Duties, Destiny, all that stuff on 360. And so I was actually kind of surprised that he had um, like Metal Gear Solid on PS4, but anyway, or PS3. So I get the PS3, I take it home. You know, I obviously hand him the 25 bucks. We didn't really make much small talk. He kind of was just like, here it is. Have fun. And so I get home and he put it 
just classic, you know, Facebook marketplace. He put it in like a target bag. Mm-hmm. And of course the, the console was in one bag and then the games and the other accessories were in the other bag. So as soon as I pull the console out of the bag, I hear coins rattling and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I did have to open up the system because he had two younger kids. I totally Facebook creeped on this guy. They must have thought like, oh, it's like a coin machine. You can just like put little coins in here. (laughs) So I did have to disassemble the machine and take like a couple, you know, I think I found like a nickel, a dime, a quarter and a penny. So I didn't even pay 25 bucks. I was going to say that seems, yeah, I got this thing for like 2450. So not too bad, not too shabby. Um, But yeah, so worked perfectly fine. And like I was saying about the 360 library of games, I had to figure out, okay, what type of person is this outside of the physical games that he gave me? Well, I looked at his trophy list as one does. He only had trophies for Force Unleashed. Okay, good game. God of War 3 and Batman Arkham Asylum. That was it. And this guy clearly was not a completionist because he only had like at most 10% complete for each of these games. Um, so I really believe that like a lot of, like a lot of people back then, he bought the PS3 as a Blu-ray drive yeah. and that's really what he used it for. I mean, that's what I got it for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that I can really max the life out of this thing for a while. Yeah. So I'm really, that's a great purchase for sure. Great snag. And so I post about it on discord. If you're not in our discord, please click that little link in the show notes and introduce yourself. We'd love to have you there. And, uh, our good buddy blank was talking about, well, Hey, are there four USB ports or are there two? If there's four, it's backwards compatible with PlayStation 2. I had no idea that they had PS2 emulation for the PS3. Yeah, me neither. I never knew that was a thing. Um, but it wasn't one of those OG models, which honestly, I'm kind of happy about because those original day one PS3 models, especially when it comes to the PS1 and PS2 emula- emulation, was very hit or miss. Okay. Um, they worked out the finer mechanics of that stuff kind of later down the line and so if i had to kind of guess this guy probably bought this ps3 around 2008 ish because the gamestop sticker for metal gear solid 4 was still on the case mm. and there was a um a date on there of like july 2009 and metal gear solid 4 was still like 54.99 at the time okay so um all that to say i think i got a pretty pristine well-conditioned model ps3 and, and so naturally i put in spyro 2 ripto's rage to test the ps1 emulation works perfectly fine and then um as i'll get into here in a second i popped in a ps3 game that i started as well so i'm um, really happy 25 bucks you can't go wrong even if it was it malfunctioned yeah not that big of a deal because if you try and get that model ps3 a ps3 fat on ebay you'd pay more in shipping costs than i paid for the whole thing that's very true. Like, because yeah. I looked it up, PS3s like that model run anywhere from like 125 to 180, not even including shipping, which tends to be 25 to $30 because the thing weighs like a freaking elephant. Yeah, it's, no, it's a it's a monster. It, it is a monster of a machine. Mine is a slim, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. You a slim. So, um, yeah. So super happy about that. Um, keep your eye on Facebook, Facebook Marketplace, people. Um, there are deals to be had out there. There are deals to be had. Mm-hmm. So for sure, it's pretty pumped about that. But um, but that's about it. I guess I'll just quickly go into the games that I've been playing. I don't have a whole lot to talk about this week just because it's been a busy couple of weeks with work and I just don't didn't have that much time to play games, but made a little bit more progress in Final Fantasy 12, okay. the Zodiac Age. Still really enjoying that. 
And uh, I've kind of started like a revolution of Final Fantasy XII players. A lot of people are really interested after me kind of talking it up the past couple episodes. They're wanting to get into it. And um, yeah, I've only made a couple more hours of progress just because after a long day of work, and this is maybe just my my brain, it's difficult to get myself like mentally prepared to sit down and play a JRPG because I kind of want at least a two to three hour window of time to play it. Yeah, there's definitely a minimum to get yeah. in. Yeah, and with a JRPG, it's not like get in, beat a level or two. It's like, hey, here's this new in- area that we've introduced you to. Um, you have to make your way through it, probably grind for an hour or two. Then there's a boss, rinse and repeat. And kind of getting yourself mentally prepared to kind of go through that exercise isn't always something you want to do after a long day of work. Yeah, I, I mean, I had the same kind of thing with Bioshock. It, it's hard to come off of like, some longer meetings or some more stressful stuff and then want to go in survive in this like underground apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a minimum time. You can play Bioshock short periods, but like, yeah, JRPGs are uh, an investment for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the time played this past couple of weeks is definitely not a reflection of whether or not I'm still enjoying it. I very much am. I just kind of need those larger pockets of times to time to really sink my teeth into it. Um, and then outside of that, Again, I was testing some stuff on the PS3 and one notable game in my my 3D platformer game playing history um, that I never got around to finishing was Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. This was not developed by Sucker Punch. They at that point had moved on to the infamous games, but um, Sanzaru or Sanar, I, I don't, it starts with an S. I think it's like Sanzaru Games. They were the ones responsible for the Sly Cooper Collection Remaster, as well as Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. And what I was completely blown away by when I popped this game in, again, I had started it on my old PS3 and maybe got an hour in, didn't make much progress. But what blew me away, and Lauren even made a comment about it too when when she was watching me play it and play those opening moments, was how incredible the game looks. Mm. I mean, graphically, it is so impressive it looks like it could have easily come out on PS4, um, which kind of makes sense because it was a late PS3 release, but those cutscene animations were just really pretty impressive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Scoob, what the hell are you doing? We might have to cut real quick and check on Scoob. We'll be back momentarily. So yeah, I'm not really sure what was going on there. Um, Scooby, unfortunately, has a cone on his head right now. So he's kind of struggling. A couple weeks back, he got his just normal annual shots. Mm-hmm. And he had to have some blood taken too, just for some normal testing type stuff to make sure he's healthy and fine, which he was. But he kept licking that spot where they took the blood. Mm-hmm. And he just kept licking and licking and licking to the point where he started like drawing like blood and it kind of blistered out and was kind of nasty. And so... To prevent him from continuing to lick that spot, we put a cone on him, and uh, he's been kind of temperamental. Yeah, he was definitely protesting that cone. Yeah, and so we we took it off, and now he's just nice and asleep. So hopefully no more Scoob interjecting his voice. Uh, not that we don't want Scoob to yeah, share his no, piece. Yeah, no, he could be our mascot, but yeah, no, he, he doesn't have a mic for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting um, if we ever redid our logo or just kind of had the next evolution of the Otaku Brothers mm-hmm. logo, if maybe we added Lauren or Scoob. Yeah, we could. It'd be kind of fun. Um, I really probably like Scoob the- over Lauren, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean Lauren's been on here seven times, but what that what does that really yeah, mean? Yeah, Scoob has been here in the room 
supporting right. us like a hundred. That's so. right. That's very true. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, back to, back to Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time. Yeah, the last thing I'll say, super impressive graphically, vibrant and colorful, just like those earlier games, but this one even more so. And uh, it's just tragic that the Sly Cooper series hasn't seen any subsequent games since Thieves in Time. I don't think it sold tremendously well on the PS3, so it didn't really warrant them to return to that game. But for the number of Ratchet and Clank games we got on the PS3, and we got another Ratchet and Clank on PS4, and of course Rift Apart on PS5, I just wish they'd throw Sly a bone. It's just such a colorful cast of characters. And what I loved about Sly Cooper even more so than Ratchet and Jack, and especially Jack and Daxter, was was its emphasis on the characters, and it really felt like this childhood um, cartoon come to video game life. Each one had their unique personalities that were very much of the early 2000s era. Uh, you got Murray, the the um, the pink hippo. You got Bentley, the kind of the super smart turtle, and then Sly of Cooper, Sly Cooper, the Thievius Raccoonus. And Lauren, it was kind of funny. When I started the game up, she's like, are we really going to play a game starring a raccoon after last year? <laughs> That's a good point. I, like, I didn't think about that, but now yeah. that you put it that way, we probably should stay far away from this game. Uh, but no, having a good time. I don't know if I'll commit to it. I've just been in that weird mood where I don't really know what to play. Yeah, I come right. over to the game shelf and nothing really sounds good. Um, and so when I have those moments, I either go back to the retro stuff, you know, pull up the N- pull out the N64 and play some of that. Uh, or I just watch shows and kind of just hang out and not really play much games at all because uh, we've got no shortage of great games coming down the pipeline here. So I'm yeah. sure that'll kind of reinvigorate and respark the flame. Yeah, for sure. To play some games. But yeah, mostly just Final Fantasy 12. Continue to make my way through that. Played a little bit of Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. And then I've also just been working on some licensed jank on the analog pocket <laughs> that we'll probably hear more about here at the tail end of the show when we get into some of our uh, New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions as it relates to games, but but that's been mostly me past couple of weeks. How about you? Uh, not too much either. It's been kind of busy. I mean, reading the books have been taking up a good amount of my time. Um, I've been just plugging away at Bioshock. I, I don't know where I'm at. Probably around the halfway point. Pretty much after the last time, it was just back to back big daddies. Mm. And I I, I want to say I at least got past halfway last time I played, but. I forgot how many or how frequent they come. Like yeah. after the first one, which I mean, I'm playing on easy and it was a struggle. Like I faced him seven times and I was like, okay. And then you hear the little, little sister just kind of running around and it was like, go kill her or a saver kind of thing. And I ran past, ran to the exit, got to like where I needed to go. And it said like, you missed like figuring out what you want to do with her. Went back to her. The big daddy respond respawned and everyone in the room so i was like crap so i had to redo that battle again Mm. and it's like the harder more boss version of the big daddy as like an instance opposed to like an enemy that randomly walks um but yeah gunplay is great i'm still enjoying it um it's hard after like a long days of work i think that's going to be more of like a weekend game for me yeah no that's fair um pretty intense definitely not something that's cozy and comforting after a long day of work no but i did so i watched your youtube video that you put out hell yeah thank you and uh you had repeat that you're figuring in there spoiler alert and i played i want to say a good 20 hours of it you made it pretty far in tales of asperia um i got to the open world i got past like the ship stuff and i was starting the grind um but i couldn't figure out like the resource management to kind of supplement my grind of like the healing potions and like how to do all that um, so I kind of put that down 
But yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to pick that up as supplemental to the Bioshock games. Tales of Asperia. So yeah, if you're not familiar, I have a YouTube channel. Go check it out. I do not have a link in the show notes, but you can find me out there. <laughs> uh, and one of the things I kind of highlighted in that pickups video, which I haven't done a pickups video since 2014, I actually pulled a little clip from my last pickups <laughs> video back in 2014 when a I sounded, different yeah. when I had a squeaky little squirrel voice. Um, and the, 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 the portion of the clip that I, of course, had to highlight was me holding up a copy, uh, a DVD copy of The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. And I'm like, this movie's terrific and you need to watch it because <laughs> Kobu is great. Uh, but yeah, it was fantastic stuff. Yeah. Fun to get behind the camera and do another pickups video. But I did highlight uh, the repeat figure that Zach Archer of the Tarkaron show, very good friends of ours. His brother got Alec, Chronolink 91, also a friend of the show, me and Zach, all these repeat figures yeah. from the Namco Bandai store, kind of in celebration of Tales of Asperia, because many, many years ago, about 10, 11 at this point, all three of us, as part of an old podcast that Zach used to record called the Hey Listen podcast, kind of a play on Navi from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of mm-hmm. Time, we talked for at least two, I think I had the timestamp because I checked it the other day and I linked it in my YouTube video. It was like two hours and 45 minutes we talked about Tales of Asperia. Wow. And uh, what a great podcast episode that was. I haven't listened to it in years and we were kind of planning on reconnecting 10 years later, playing the recently released definitive edition on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, you can, Steam, you can get it pretty much everywhere now. We were going to replay it and do kind of like a 10 years later in review for Tales of Asperia. We haven't quite done that yet because it's not like a Bioshock or a, a nice 10 hour succinct experience. It's a JRPG. So you're looking at like 50 to 70 hours, depending on how, how much time you take and how many side yeah, quests you do. Um, but no, I love the Tales of series. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about JRPGs. What's the best jumping on point if you don't have a whole lot of familiarity playing JRPGs? And one of my go-tos at this point, because of how accessible it is, is Dragon Quest XI. You can get it on pretty much every platform. It's a long-ass game, but it's so cozy. And I feel like the learning curve for a Dragon Quest game is basically the bar to clear is next to nothing, Mm -hmm. right? It's a turn-based classic JRPG, um, fun cast of characters, vibrant, colorful world, fun little story to go on. Um, and then from there, I kind of talk about like Final Fantasy IX or Final Fantasy X. Again, with remasters and the accessibility of playing those types of games on other platforms, it's pretty easy. But one of the other series that I love recommending because I feel like that jumping on point for people that aren't familiar with that genre is the Tales of series. Just because, again, the learning curve isn't steep. The stories are typically your normal anime fun, not overly complex, a fun cast of characters. And the combat is also really great. Typically just your action RPG um, running across the field, mashing the X button. You have these arts that you can do, which are basically just these elemental or special attack type stuff. And uh, they're just a really fun time. I mean, talk about cozy and comforting after a long day. Yeah, I mean, even the title screen, it looks like you're watching an anime. Yeah. And I remember there being some really good cutscenes that you're like, okay, this is fun, happy, like kind of wind down at the end of the day kind of game. Well, and the fun thing about the Tales of series is you have the talking heads. Mm-hmm. Like they're not full-blown cutscenes. You do have those oftentimes to kind of tell the next chapter of the story. But over the course of the game, you might get out of battle and you have these talking heads 
like the characters just kind of bantering back and forth. And the writing is typically really witty and fun. Yeah, no, so, it's, a, it's a good time. Yeah, well, good stuff. How? So have you actually started Tales of Asperia yet? Not yet. I okay. downloaded, I had to clear some of my memory and things, having some, not issues, but my PS5 is a little weird about memory right now. Okay. So uh, it's downloaded and ready to play. So I was thinking of starting Sunday afternoon. Okay. For sure. Good stuff. Well, I'm happy you're going back to that. It'll be fun to kind of hear your thoughts over the next couple of weeks and months. I've actually been thinking about, Lauren and I, actually, I guess this is probably a life announcement I should have announced earlier in the episode. We did book our tickets to Japan. Hell yeah, you did. So we're going towards the end of May. We'll be there for two full weeks. I cannot wait, dude. I I probably have told this on the podcast before. I've been wanting to go to Japan since I was 10 years old. People might laugh at this, but ever since I watched The Last Samurai with Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise, one of my favorite movies ever, still is to this day. That's exactly how Japan is currently. So they hand you a samurai sword and send you right to training. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, sign me the heck up. I can't wait. Uh, But no, when I watched that movie, I was like, Dad, not only do I want to go to Japan, I want to go to college in Japan. I'm going to marry a Japanese woman. I'm going to stay there forever. You're going to have to come and visit me. (laughs) Like That's what I basically said as a 10-year-old kid. Um, I matured a little bit and, you know, uh, Lauren's not Japanese, but, um, and I didn't go to school in Japan, but I still have always dreamed about visiting. And Lauren and I, of course, had plans to go in 2020 when she was still working for a Japanese company. Things didn't work out because that whole COVID thing happened. And, uh, two years later, we're finally going, we're going to do it. We've already kind of mapped out a bunch of the different things that we want to do. And, um, remind me, I'll get back to this point about why I'm bringing up the whole JRPG thing. Okay. One of the things we want to do in Japan, there's this place called Nara. Have you ever heard of this? No. So I've never been away from Scoob for more than like a week. It's painful. He's like Mm -hmm. my child. I love him so much. much. He's the best little dog in the world. And so we'll be gone for two weeks. But I always joke that Scoob is kind of like an ancestor of deer because he looks like. He kind of does. He is the legs of a deer. Well, there's this place in Japan called Nara. And there's just like thousands of deer. I don't know if it's like a, an island that you actually have to take a ferry to. I can't really remember. Um, but it's this little place called, again, called Nara. There's deer everywhere. And when you walk up to them, they'll walk up to you and like they'll semi-domesticated? bow. Semi-domesticated? Yeah, they'll domesticate. They'll bow. You oh, can pet shit. them. You can do whatever the heck. I mean, obviously you have to be respectful. Yeah. It's actually, I think it used to be punishable by death if you killed a deer in Japan. And certainly in Nara. Yeah. But, I like the bowing thing. That's cool. But yeah, they bow to you, dude. They they understand the culture. They so, understood the assignment. So naturally, okay. for the past couple of weeks, Lauren's been trying to teach Scooby how to bow. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> yeah. Um, but dude, I can't freaking wait to be immersed in that culture, the food, the video game stores, the peep, everything about it. I cannot wait. So um, so excited to go to Japan. We booked our tickets. But um JRPGs? JRPGs, we'll get to that in a second. So when Lauren and I were going to go to Japan in 2020, typically when a huge video game release happens, Tokyo Sky Tower, is that what it's called? Or Tokyo yep, Tower? Sky Tower. Sky Tower. Or Sky Tree, I believe. This, maybe the Sky Tree. Yeah. It's the Tokyo Tower. They always theme the tower around a big video game release. Yeah. So when you went back in 2018, it was Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts 3. 3. So you it got me a whole bunch great. of merch, and I'm still so jealous that you got to experience that, but... I feel like I got to kind of vicariously live through that experience because I, I tried. I, I wanted as many pictures. You knocked it out of the park. You yeah. got you brought back so many cool things. In 2020, when Lauren and I were supposed to go, Final Fantasy VII Remake 
was oh, how they that would have been fucking great how they themed the tower i don't i haven't had this confirmed we're going in may guess what comes out in june final fantasy 16, 16. baby so i cannot fucking wait to go up tokyo tower and see all of this concept art character stuff pictures all kinds of Final Fantasy 16 related things. I have to imagine that's how they're going to theme the tower. So Yeah, no, it, getting to that top layer with all of the, I mean, anime kind of video game culture and then 360 of Tokyo. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. I cannot. Fuji in like one portion of it. it. It's amazing. Yeah. Just miles and miles of city. So I cannot wait. I've been just watching all kinds of travel vlogs of people going to japan our boy pete door when he went to japan many years ago he put up two videos of his experience i was watching those uh metal jesus rocks he traveled to japan not too long ago so i was watching his vlogs um i'm gonna probably do the same for my youtube channel just because for myself i want to just capture that experience you also have that gopro right so you're gonna use that oh yeah i didn't think about that yeah so see dude i'm so excited to go to japan it's gonna be great i'll make sure to of course, talk about it on the podcast when I come back. And then certainly for the YouTube channel, I'll be capturing all kinds of footage. It's just going to be such a fun time. But all that being said, you playing Tales of Vesperia, I was thinking about, okay, well, that's like a, what is it? 14, 15 hour flight. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a long way. And uh, so I was thinking about like, what am I going to play on my switch on the way over there? And so I, I still don't know. I'm thinking about holding off playing Fire Emblem Three Houses because there's a whole bunch of hype right now surrounding the series because Fire Emblem Engage yeah. just released on Switch and Three Houses is like a, a 60, 70 hour game. So I thought I might do that. Um, I bought Lauren um, Nino Kuni 2. That She'll like that one. Revenant Kingdom, yeah. which I could totally go through again, by the way. Me too. Oh, for sure. I, the kingdom aspect of it was just the most fun. Yeah. Um, Nino Kuni 2 is so great and it was on sale on switch. You might still want to jump on this deal. 18 bucks. Okay. Is that digital or physical? Physical. Really? Yeah. Physical copy. Oh crap. Um, okay. and Nino Kuni 2 is so great. I, I loved one story more. Um, especially because studio Ghibli was still involved with the storytelling and the animation. Uh, they were not for the second game, but I love the combat and the kingdom aspect of two so much more. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nino Kuni is great, but anyways, Did you fully good through the first one. I did not. No, I got about yeah. 30, 35 hours in and I just, the combat system was just really a big turn off. Yeah, with a little uh, Pokemon. The familiars. Yeah. Uh, I, lo- I love the idea of it, but the execution just didn't work for me for some reason. Yeah, f- me neither. Uh, it, it's hard for me to pick up a Pokemon type game or a familiar type game and not want to understand like how I max min a team. And like it adds... And it's no fault of the game. It's a fault of how I think. Mm-hmm. That like I add to that. We're extra, aware of that. Yeah. It's, that translates it's to a other, Ryan problem. Translates to other areas too. Uh, it's, it's a burden that I put on the game. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what similar to you kicked me out. Yeah. So. I, I know you were shiny hunting and you're looking for all the IVs and EVs. That's but. exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't turn it off when it comes to Pokemon. But um, but no, anyways. So got her Nina Kuni 2. I'll probably play Fire Emblem 3 Houses. And uh, dude, I just cannot wait. I, I'm so excited. No, that- I'm I'm really excited for you. I I think I had a weekend to explore and then kind of did all my work stuff um, in Utsunomiya. But like two full weeks of just vacation mm. is going to be delicious. Yeah. 
it's definitely my North Star right now, like just getting through work. It's motivating me to like do the, the training and just every life adult responsibility that I have. I keep thinking like Japan's around the corner. Japan, Japan. Japan. Exactly. <laughs> so really excited for that. But um, I didn't mean to derail that for 15 minutes. No, it's cool. It's That's far more important and exciting than my next game. So Yeah, but Tales of Asperia, you've got some Bioshock going on. What else you been playing? Really? So we'll we'll get into this as far as like goals and like kind of our new year's resolutions i kind of already checked off my main runescape goal for this year oh um which is getting a new cape um last year i got seven capes and i plan on getting far less um this year but there's one that kind of opens up the entire game for me it's construction and inside my house which the construction cape allows me to teleport to my house and within that house i have teleports to the entire map Mm. so basically speeds up any transportation over this giant map mm-hmm. um so that was kind of my main goal um it took me a few hours so I, i'm glad i'm done with that grind and i can kind of get back to real games real rpgs thanks to chrono um nice. but yeah so I, I checked that box so that was my only other game okay good stuff well i want to sneak in one more thing here not really a game played but something that we watched based on a game Mm -hmm. we'll have a quick little spoiler free discussion i just feel like we have to kind of touch upon it here briefly before we move on the first episode of the last of us yes on hbo last sunday Uh, i didn't watch until a couple of days later because there were some nfl playoff games and i had to watch those but uh spoiler free what were your thoughts Uh, i i enjoyed it um it's been a long time since i've kind of watched or i guess watched the first uh last of us um, I do remember distinctly how it opens up mm-hmm. um, those moments and then kind of where it goes for the beginning half. The middle half is kind of where it's blurry on like individual things. But like yeah. as far as how it ranks compared to the game, I think they do a really good job of staying true to that initial maybe five or six hours is where that would be kind of ending the first episode. Um, it, it's got a very good feel. The dialogue it feels like what the characters would say in game. Um, they expand on some areas, which is cool to see. You mm-hmm. don't get to see in the game, but I think it was good. It wasn't like over the top. Let's do a side mission right off the bat. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a good foundational episode. Um, and I'm excited to see where they go. It's every Sunday that they release. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have one in a couple of days. I ended up finishing it uh, last night. Mm-hmm. So I don't have long to wait until the next episode. I think my only thing, I, I think Joel or Pedro playing Joel mm-hmm. is really good, mm-hmm. um, especially after, yeah, he's he's doing a good job, and uh, he kind of fits that Joel feel. And Bella as Ellie is kind of where I'm yet to be sold on. Yeah, um, the dialogue, the execution of that dialogue, very much feels like the Ellie character from the video game. Um, I, I definitely see her coming through. It's just maybe the character, the the actress herself that, that I'm not yet sold on. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I think just even stepping back for my, my overall thoughts, I thought it stayed true to the source material. There were certain dialogue or certain conversations between characters that Laura and I just looked at each other because it's so fresh for us. We just played through the yeah. remake like less than a month ago. So everything's super fresh for us. And we like looked at each other at certain times and just started laughing like, yep, that's the exact same. Which I think is awesome. But um, without going to spoiler territory, like in the beginning of The Last of Us, you kind of see how things start with the pandemic and with the breakout. And then it flash forwards like 20 years. 
And I feel like what was really neat about the show is you see more of that in a similar way of like, if you've ever seen a quiet place part two, you see a bit more of like the breakout, like when things happen and things start to turn for the worst. And I feel like to have that additional context in a TV show makes sense in the game context. It wouldn't have made sense to just have like 15 minutes of cut scenes to kind of lay the foundation for why this is happening and everything kind of going South. And so um, I think for the context of the show, it made a lot of sense to have that additional footage and uh, fall in love with certain characters. It, it was just so well done. Um, I think the acting is stellar. The special effects are incredible. Uh, it doesn't feel cheap. Again, it shouldn't because this is HBO. I think Pedro Pascal as Joel is one, he looks the part and two, mm-hmm. I feel like he's really nailed the Joel accent. Yeah. Uh, you know, being from Texas and everything like that. And there are moments where you close your eyes and it sounds like Troy Baker voicing Joel. Even Joel's brother, like it, the, his, that actor, he, like it sounds the exact same. Mm-hmm. I was just like, holy crap. Okay. They nailed that guy as well. Yeah. So that's really well done. But I'm with you with the whole uh, Bella Ramsey is Ellie thing. Like I just, I have this vision because I've spent at this point, I've played through The Last of Us Part One like three times. And I've played, of course, through last was part two one so i've spent how many hours with ellie at this point i have such a clear vision of who she should be in my brain and bella ramsey just isn't that puzzle piece isn't fitting yeah no um so that's a little jarring i guess is probably the best way to describe it um not completely there yet but i think when we go through some of those more emotional moments throughout the rest of the the show i think she'll start to grow on me yeah Um, i think so and it sounds like there's they're going to have a dedicated episode to the Left Behind DLC. And I think that'll probably really solidify or help to solidify um, our love of Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Yeah, that's what I was hearing as well. And then I think the, the big change from the games, and they did this more for face covering, is instead of spores, like in the game, it's tentacles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was mainly, I mean... Pedro in the Mandalorian, he takes off his helmet, spoiler alert, because the actor wanted to show his face. And mm-hmm. I'm sure as an actor, you're like, dude, I, w- I don't want to wear a helmet the entire time. Um, and I think it was a similar thing here is like he he wanted to show his face and not ha- constantly have like a, a, mask, a mask on. on yeah. Them, or at least for him. Yeah. So um, I, I'm fine with that change. It, it's how it's implemented. This first episode, it didn't really have any implications. But if it down the line, uh, we'll see. Yeah. So if you've been kind of holding off on The Last of Us and saying, like, do we really need a show about that? Again, it goes back to how much do you love The Last of Us? Um, I think your mileage may vary in in that department, but uh, I personally am obsessed with The Last of Us, one of my favorite games of all time. And even if they made no creative differences in the show and it was just a beat for beat retelling of the game, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like, I I love it that much. So it's the adaptation still in my ma- mind makes sense and I'm definitely very excited to see more and and maybe once all the episodes are out we'll kind of do a breakdown uh spoiler filled discussion yeah I mean this is the HBO quality it's not like some of the crappier Disney remakes that have come out in recent past I oh, mean gosh. these these guys are staying pretty true so far to the source material with the HBO money behind it so well, it's, it's Neil Druckmann's baby right so yeah. he was not going to allow this to not match or potentially exceed how good the first the the game was Mm -hmm. right he wanted it to make sure because not only does he know how important it is to him he knows how important this is to the fans yeah 
Um, and I think him being on as an, an executive producer and co-director really helps this show to match the quality of the game. And I would say in some cases already exceed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. looking forward to watching more and looking forward to talking about it more here in the weeks ahead. But Ryan, I think that's kind of a wrap for games played, shows watched, trips to Japan, all that fun stuff. Super pumped. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that when I get back. But what do you say, Ryan? We kind of refill our coffees here. I think it's important for us to stay well caffeinated and well hydrated as we get into our New Year's resolutions as it relates to games. Yeah. And we talk about our top 10 most anticipated games going into this new year. Ready to talk about it? Yeah, sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Our most anticipated games of the new year. And we also, of course, have to talk about our New Year's gaming resolutions. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember what resolutions you made in 2022? Uh, I think it was play less RuneScape. Um, maybe have a better diversity of games. But I think it was also like less grindy games mm-hmm. was my other one. Yeah, I think it was just those couple. You did okay on that. I did. I did play less RuneScape and I did play less grindy games with the indie ones and the action ones that I, I did play. Yeah. So I, I think it was a success. Okay. And I think for me, I kind of dubbed last year the year of the handheld because I was hoping to knock off a lot of the stuff on the analog pocket uh, for my, my Game Boy, Game Boy Color backlog. Didn't do that because the analog pocket dock pre-order went up and so I wanted to get one of those before I really started tackling that backlog. So put that off. I also wanted to get last platinum, less platinum trophies. I got more platinum trophies <laughs> last year than in my entire, in like ever before. <laughs> you by far failed that one. Part of that was uh, our pal, our my arch nemesis. I mean, it's difficult. I don't really know what category I'd put him in. Uh, Blink. Yeah, he does have a title. It's just which one. <laughs> yeah, really dependent on the day. Um, he really kind of pushed me over the edge with those... Uh, the platinum trophies that he was getting. He went yeah. He went so hard for like, I don't know what it was, like two or three weeks. And that, was, that of course, led how to... How do you compete with 118 games yeah. beaten last year? Yeah, He had tough. like, what, 47 platinum trophies? Something like that. I had three. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't quite compete with the uh, the man, the myth, the legend. But uh, but I, I pulled my weight. I got 33. All right. Um, but yeah, so anyways, that was my, my goal. I really did not do well with that, but hoping to be a little bit better 
this year, but let's really kick it off here talking through some of these New Year's resolutions, Ryan. So I only have two, I would say major ones, and then one group challenge for the both of us. Okay. So how many how many resolutions do you have? I goals? have four and one for you. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you want to kick this off? Do you want to start with one? I'll give you the one for you. Okay, first. what's what's your one for me? Um so you're at what, ninety eight platinums or ninety seven platinums? Ninety seven, yeah. I coming down from thirty three, I think the max, and this can make you more selective, and maybe this is even too high, but I think you have to end the year with less than hundred and ten platinums. And what happens if I don't? I beat you senseless on (laughs) on recording. Okay. (laughs) No, I I haven't thought of a punishment, um, but I think it's a good goal. I mean, it be it allows you to be more selective with games, more intent. Yeah. Um, And there's some big beefy games coming out this year. Uh So if you want to do like, if you want to platinum Hogwarts Legacy, I'm sim I'm guessing that's probably close to Dark Souls Three, where it's like every spell, every wand kill every student with a whore, like to turn horcruxes and mm-hmm. become Voldemort. Yeah. I, I'm sure those are harder platinums than your normal play the game through and beat every chapter. I he- I've heard that you have to beat Hogwarts legacy three times to get the platinum, mm. which is not something I'm interested in doing. Hey, one more deterrent from that platinum for you. Yeah. Get, get, get you closer to 110. So I like the goal. I'm going to one up you a bit. And okay. What is your group challenge then? So my group challenge, hear me out with this. <laughs> this is meant to really f- help focus our attention away from platinums and runescape. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a joint effort here. Okay. The punishment I'm still a little loose on, so we might have to kind of agree on that here live on the show. Oh, shit. All right. And I've not told Ryan about this yet. I was, I was <laughs> Yeah, I'm blindsided. I was kind of working on this last night. I, I kind of shared it with Lauren. I'm like, what do you think about this? She's like, I think that's great for the both of you. And I said, okay. So every platinum I get is the equivalent of 50 hours of RuneScape playing time for you. Okay? If I have more platinums with that math in mind by the end of the year... I lose, and my thought was I have to buy you a a new game on PS5 equivalent, like a $70 game, or we go on a $70 shopping spree somewhere else of your your choosing, right? So think of it this way. Let's say I get six Platinums. By that math, you have 300 hours in, in RuneScape. Okay. So if I get six Platinums and you have... Um, 500 hours in RuneScape by the end of the year, then I win and you have to buy me a game. If I have, let's just say I have 10 Platinums and you only have 200 hours in RuneScape, well then you win. Okay, so. You understand that? Yeah, my current goal is 12 Platinums worth of RuneScape time uh, or 600 hours. You already have, how many hours do you have in RuneScape already? Are we starting that challenge now or starting? <laughs> Ryan's like, fuck, man. I, yeah, I was like, I, I've already lost. I'm already 200 hours deep. Yeah. Are we starting that today? So I can reset my baseline with like days like off my current timer. I mean, whatever works for you because I've gotten no platinums in the new year so far. Okay. That'll put us at baseline. Yeah. yeah. So from this day forward. Okay. I'll have to check. I think I'm 89 days, 16 hours. I'll have to double check, but yeah, that'll be our baseline. Okay. So from this day forward, again, every platinum for me is the equivalent of 50 hours for you in RuneScape, which I felt, I felt was fair. I feel like that's fair. fair. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so by the end of the year, we'll figure out the math behind the scenes, my platinums versus your hours of RuneScape, whoever is the clear winner. And again, you're not looking to do more. You're looking to do less here. Mm -hmm. And if you do less and the one, whoever comes out on top has to buy the other, basically a $70 game. No, I I think that's good. A new PS5 game really encourages us to focus on other games, the new releases. Um, and again, for me, even if I do get the new releases, focusing less on the completionist mindset and just move on to the next one. Once I roll credits. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's going to be a hard challenge. It is. For sure. <laughs> well, hey, if it, things that are worth it aren't easy, you know what I mean? I was going to say, my construction cape is, so I, I, to be transparent, since we recorded the game of the year episode, like December 26th or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's been like a month at this point. Um, I have, so that was 85 days, nine hours, and I'm at 89 days, 16 hours. Wow. So that's a hundred couple and some change mm-hmm. hours to get the construction cape and some of the other things I've been doing. So, uh, you got your work out for you in a month. <laughs> that's two platinums. I feel like this is going to be a lot harder for you than it's going to be for me. Yeah. I mean, luckily my goals for runescape was one play less which Mm. is for me it was 600 hours which is down 300 from last year Mm. and a bit more from the 1100 two years ago yeah um and the thing with this and i guess what really led me to want to do this for you to play less runescape uh, i think it's pretty self-explanatory for me is just like don't worry so much about the completionist mindset just move on to the next game once you roll credits um i think that speaks for itself for you for people that don't know for you, it's very much an AFK thing. So when you're watching TV shows, or you're watching anime, you're playing RuneScape, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want you to get into a more of a habit of like, I have a crap ton of 3DS games and DS games. And if you want to borrow my PlayStation Vita, like I want to encourage you while you're watching these shows, play other things in place of RuneScape to kind of broaden your gaming horizons. Because you talk about, you know, you might mention Blink or even me, like how do you beat 40 games in a year? I say, that's ridiculous. I could never do that. And it's like, well, Ryan... The amount of time that you spent playing RuneScape last year is the amount of time I spent beating 94 games between 2021 and 2022. So it really is about where do you channel your time? Like, how are you managing your time? Because everyone has the same amount of hours in the day, right? We all have 24. It's what do you do with it? How many hours do you sleep? How many hours are you spending working? And then what do you do with the Delta, right? Are you playing games? Are you scrolling your phone? Are you watching YouTube for you know, yeah, six hours a day. Me- measuring RuneScape time and as far as progress, I mean, it's an MMORPG. It's a fucking beast mm-hmm. of a thing. And it, it's a really grindy. So like me AFKing while I'm watching the, the Last of Us or watching an anime or just trying to relax, um, I'm woodcutting, which mm-hmm. I don't have to pay attention except to empty my inventory. And like in perspective, um, it's about 50K XP per hour and a level is 300,000. So I, I measure it in it's six hours of me watching like a show or like a Netflix thing to get one level. So like if I'm already watching the show, I might as well be grinding out that level. Oh, that's my thought. So like you have games like Xenoblade Chronicles or even more recently, I've been playing Final Fantasy 12. That's very much a game that you get into a new area. You can grind for that time that you would have been playing RuneScape while you're watching your show that you don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can still enjoy your animes and whatever shows you're watching, but just repurpose that RuneScape playing to a different JRPG or a different RPG. Looks like Animal Crossing's coming back, boys. Let's do it. 
<laughs> Looks like I'm shiny hunting on Pokemon Let's Go 151. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> Backfired day one. <laughs> Definitely don't want like, you know, the, the Charmeleon to turn into the Charizard here. Like this is not meant to like you like Create evolve. Create a new beast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm good at adapting. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, my thought with this is like, yeah, don't just reap like don't get another flavor of crack here. Like really find a different type of game. Cause I have so many, again, whether it's JRPGs or it's the Witcher three or it's the dragon age series, like it's something else that again, you can still do a bit mindlessly, but is a bit more enjoyable and certainly more conducive to podcast discussion than I whacked a fucking tree for three hours while I was watching Hunter X Hunter. Uh, yeah, I made a hundred and or. 50,000 mahogany benches <laughs> to get my 99 construction and it cost me 120 million gold. Yeah. So, and again, no, I, I think that's good. I mean, in line with, I mean, my first one was just a flat out time mm-hmm. related, like less runescape, but my second one, and this is the one that Ben give me crap about because my approach, because I had played runescape in the past on the, Basically, old RuneScape two or equivalent to what I'm playing now, created or went into RuneScape three. Completely different games. Mm-hmm. So, like my character that I spent all my time with went to a game that I'm never going to play again because I don't like the combat. Um. Oh, and I, okay. One thing I want to interject here with that RuneScape thing, I'm also going to lump in Minecraft. Like, you cannot just like, okay, well, no Minecraft or no RuneScape, but I'll just shift all of those hours into Minecraft. That's off the board too. You have to. Th- those are to me in my eyes like equals. I mean, that's fair. My idea, the whole purpose of this. Okay, so then my counter proposal is 75 hours if you're lumping in Minecraft per platinum. No, no, I'm not budging on this. Because they're they're virtually the same game. They're again, it's it's a mindless thing. So like whether it's Minecraft or RuneScape, again, like for my platinums, I I can get the foxy lands of the world or I can grind out an Assassin's Creed Valhalla. There's different flavors. They're still platinums. RuneScape. So you're killing two comfort food things for me. Yeah. So like you, the, the whole purpose you of this back. is for to challenge you to play different things. In the same way for me, like my first goal, really my only goal is trophy collecting hiatus. I'm going to make it to 100. After that, I really want to focus on like first party PlayStation. Like if Spider-Man 2 comes out, I'm probably going to 100% that because it's so much fun to do so. In a similar way, if 3D platformers come out this year and they're not overbearing and saying you need to beat this on the hardest difficulty or three times like i'm allowing myself to get those platinums because it enhances the enjoyment but if it's hey have a guide up these collectibles you can't respawn to the the chapter to collect these so you have to while you play last was part two watch a guide the entire time and stop and start like the whole purpose of me getting away from the trophies is how so often i'm like do i want to start okami hd again that's held in the highest of regard well, let's check the trophy list first. Oh, no, I don't like the trophy list. It's not really conducive to my play style. I'm not going to play this certified bop of a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want the trophy list to drive my gaming habits. I want that to complement and enhance the enjoyment. And it often does with those first-party PlayStation games and 3D platformers. In a similar way for you, I want this goal to redirect and kind of reframe the way you think about games and not, hey, I'm going to watch this anime let me let me grind mindlessly in RuneScape. It's like, hey, 
I want to watch an anime and play a game like Final Fantasy XII that is going to enhance my enjoyment. So when I hear the Rabinaster theme, I'm going to tie that later down the line to me going through Demon Slayer for the first time, right? I'm trying to really reframe the way you play games a little bit going forward because, listen, RuneScape's always going to be there. You're not going to have anything to show for it down the line when you pump another 1,500 hours into it, but... <laughs> I'll have some great games. <laughs> yeah, but experiencing a story like Final Fantasy IX for the first time, or um, I'm trying to think of some of the other JRPGs that have really struck a chord with me over the years, Tales of Asperia being one, that's going to be a lot more memorable than like, I got another cape. You know what I mean? I'm going to agree reluctantly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a good one. Yeah. No, I mean, like my second goal was, and it was more as like, it, it, before you're interrupted. Mm -hmm. My point was with like the RuneScape 3 is I had already accomplished, say, 10 capes. So my approach with like building up my old school RuneScape was to knock out some of the shit that I have already done mm -hmm. right in the past. So it was like, I'm going to just knock out brute force a bunch of capes because I've already done that grind before and it's not like something I have to think about. So if I'm enjoying, say, Supernatural for the first time, I'm going to knock out shit I've already played so I can actually start enjoying the game mm -hmm. uh, with new content. So, like, I'm to the point where I'm cape-wise basically net wash. I, I'm where I was originally in mm -hmm. the first playthrough. So I can be more pointed with how I spend my time in-game. And Construction, which I knocked out in January, was kind of a way for me to open up all of that for me to do check the boxes or do the things that I want to do. Yeah. So as far as like allocation of time and one less time, obviously is going to tie into our 50 hours per platinum is I want to knock out uh, the quest Cape. I've always hated quests and quests can take 20 minutes to two hours or the worst ones are like six maybe, but it allows me to get through the content I've never done because I've always hated it mm -hmm. and play less time because I don't like that grind as much. So yeah. it's, I hear what you're saying. I just, I, I just don't think there's much, I get it. There's, there's not much more meat on the bone in my opinion on RuneScape that you're going to get at it. And I'll use an analogy. So back in the day growing up, my dad took my sister and I, the vacations that we often went to were Mexico, the Bahamas, Florida, uh, Aruba. What do all those have in common? beaches beaches that's all we did and i, I feel tremendously fortunate and, and, and blessed that my dad took us on those vacations i'm not trying to make that point but the point i'm making is we always went to beaches and it got to a point when i was a teenager i was like dad i really appreciate that you take us on these vacations i really do but i'm kind of tired of going on beach vacations would you mind if i suggested us doing something different next year he's like well i guess where do you want to go and i said i want to go to colorado Guess where my dad has been going every single year since we went to Colorado for the first time? Yeah, Colorado. Colorado. Because he's, he, he broadened his horizons and he's like, I love going to a place that might be a little bit colder, but I can go hiking. I can be one with nature. I can do all these different things. I don't always have to do the beach thing. The beach, I need to get you off the beach of RuneScape, Ryan. I need you to go explore the mountains my, of Colorado in The Witcher 3. Yeah, I'd... One thing I've never done in games, and we have an intervention specialist beside us right now, just yeah, for the, so the listeners know. As a gun to my head, say you're going to agree to this or, or nothing, yeah. uh, or you're not leaving this recording room. Uh, one of the things I never did, and I really liked 
or wish I would have been a part of was kind of the original Destiny type raids where oh. you're doing bossings. Dude, give Chrono a call. He could help you get into that. And I'm, it's, I'm kind of past the point of getting into those. But like one of the things I never did on RuneScape, which is partially why I wanted to get through the grindy stuff so I can actually enjoy that type of stuff with like quests and things. But is there's a huge amount of bossing to do. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to do that. So I have kind of set the baseline of allowing me to branch into that. I'll obviously play less hours, but like that's the content I want to enjoy for the first time. Okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, all, all of this is meant to broaden your horizons and the same way it's, it's meant to do the same for me. Um, not worry about trophies because again, there are way too many games on my shelf over the past two to three years that I've allowed the trophy list to stop me from playing the game. And that's just, that's not how I want to play games. Yeah. I, I play PlayStation games the way you should play PlayStation games, which is no, sure. But aside I, from how you play PlayStation games, my point in saying that is the way you play RuneScape prevents you from playing other games. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um, no, so. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's the big one. The Otaku Brothers Challenge. Every plat that I earn is equal to 50 hours of RuneScape and Minecraft time for Ryan. <laughs> I don't like that side. <laughs> no, so, I, so like for my, there's so many fucking games coming out this year, so I don't think that'll be a problem. Like my other goals are, I mean, my go-to game is RPGs. Mm-hmm. Whether it's MMO, that's kind of a staple, but like just RPGs in general. Yep. And there's so many good RPGs coming out this year. like so much to, i mean there are 60 hour game rpgs so yeah i think that should be good and then my other goal for me is at least two indie titles and those are generally shorter but like looking at my top 10 games of last year there's at least two um arguably four uh indie games on there okay you've got stray you've got Sh- uh chicory you've got Tinykin, Tunic, yeah, Death Store, yeah, pretty much. I mean, like half your my t- list. Your entire list was basically. <laughs> I think I put the like Tunic and uh, Death Store in action, but they are J- or they are indie. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed those experiences obviously because they're on my top ten. So doing some more of that for this year as well. Okay. Any other goals that you have on your list, or those about it? No, nope, just play ten RPGs if possible. I mean, because that's most of what I'm anticipating. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff. So again, the Otaku Brothers Challenge is one I have. The trophy collecting hiatus after 100, really going to pull back on that kind of stuff. And then this next one I have, I'm, I'm dubbing Year of the Backlog, the Rule of Five. And I'd honestly love to do this every year going forward, even if I'm not always successful. So let me explain. Five to five to one different categories that I could swap in and out in, in, in years in the future. So five. I want to beat five handheld games. This does not include Switch. So that could be 3DS, DS, the GBA family, Vita, anything handheld. I want to beat five handheld games in my backlog. Anything on this list is games that I own starting today. This doesn't mean I'm going to like go out and buy a bunch of stuff on eBay or whatever. But like these games have to be games that are already currently on my shelf in my backlog Okay. for all of these categories. So five handheld, four retro home console anything ps2 xbox xbox era and before because i have way too many n64 games and ps1 games unplayed my ps2 library is ridiculous so four retro home console games i want to beat my backlog three switch games in my backlog again no like 
I'm not going to probably get Zelda this year because I haven't even beaten Breath of the Wild, but like Tears of the Kingdom wouldn't count because it's not my backlog, right? Okay. Three games that I already own on Switch. The original would be in your backlog. So that, that could Technically, be yeah, that, that'd be yeah possible. Two JRPGs. Um, I'm already working on Final Fantasy 12, so um, that shouldn't be too hard. But it does complicate things when you have stuff like Final Fantasy 16 coming out this year, because that would not count as one of my two. Yeah, because it's a new game. And then my final one. So again, to recap, five handheld, four retro home console games, three Switch games, two JRPGs in one game from an entirely new series that I've either never played before or I haven't gotten beyond the, the opening hours. Monster Hunter. That wasn't where my head was going. The two series that's where that, my head's going. I know. <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> that's my challenge to you. Okay. Play Monster Hunter World with me. <laughs> Maybe. That could count as one of my Switch games. We okay. could play like the Monster Hunter Rise or something yeah. like that. The two series that are most top of mind, I have many of them sitting on the shelf unplayed. Metal Gear Solid being one. Okay. I'm probably not going to play the first one because I anticipate a remake coming from Blue Point down the road. Um, I'll probably start with Sons of Liberty. Um or Snake Eater, or I might even just start with Guns of the Patriots, the fourth game. Maybe I'll start with five. Like, I really don't care about the chronology of those games just because the stories are so fucked, like, <laughs> and they don't make any kind of sense. So, like, I'm not really worried about that. Yeah. Um, I, I mostly just want to finally play a Metal Gear Solid game. A very big gap in my my gaming history. Yakuza's the second one. You started Yakuza, right? I started Zero, okay. yeah. But I have Zero... I think it's Kiwami, um, whatever, like the remaster of the first two games on PS2. I have both of those. And now the PlayStation catalog pretty much has the entirety of the series. Um, so I'm either going to start with Zero or Like a Dragon, because Like a Dragon is kind of like this pseudo spiritual successor to the existing story. If anyone has any recommendations as it relates to Yakuza, please let me know. I'm going to be far more likely to accept your feedback there than I am Metal Gear Solid, because the diehard Metal Gear Solid fans are like, no, Rust, you don't understand. You have to play the PS1 game because the <laughs> Snake Eater boss that turns into a liquid snake in 20 years before the fourth game. Like, I just don't care. Like, I really don't care. Watch a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I'm not really worried about experiencing that story the way it's meant to be experienced. I just want to play some of those games. Um, and I have virtually all of the, the MGS games. So, again, to recap, Year of the Backlog, Rule of Five. I'd, I think I'd encourage other people to, if you're still kind of finalizing your goals for the year, consider doing something like this if you really want to tackle your backlog and make the categories your own. If you want to say like 5N64, 4 PS1, 3 Switch, or whatever, make it fun, make it your own. Again, my rules for this year are five handheld games, four retro home console, three Switch, two JRPGs, and one entirely new series that i haven't really experienced before and some of these can overlap right so if i beat let's just say i go back and play nino kuni one on the switch that counts as a jrpg right they mm -hmm. all they don't have to be exclusive goals of one another but i thought it'd be really fun um hopefully help me to buy less focus on what i already have in addition to buying the 10 most anticipated games assuming those come out this year okay yeah, so no, that's good. Those are my goals. Cool. <laughs> the most defeated, like Ryan, like fuck. I'm like strategizing, like we're gonna get some Minecraft in. <laughs> I, I, there's enthusiasm. It's just, it's more cope. Like I'm going through the stages of grief yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, listen, I feel like it's important to challenge you. We literally were talking before we started recording. of like, you want someone in your life that can kind of call you on your bullshit. And yeah, I meant a girlfriend, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, there's a big difference. I get it. It's, it's fine. We're, we're happy. It's 2023. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about stuff. Welcome to the new year, friends. Uh, I think last episode we said a new year, same us. It's a new year, different us going forward from this episode on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan's pissed. <laughs> we'll play my runescape. <laughs> yeah. Give me some capes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's enough of the, the goals, Ryan, and enough runescape versus trophy talk. Yeah. We have some uh, pretty big goals ahead of us. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. Um, definitely a big mind shift. Yeah. Change. Games. It'll be fun. And, uh, of course, we'll bring all of you wonderful listeners along for the ride podcast episode after podcast episode to hear how we're doing yep yeah yeah we will (laughs) should be good but let's get into our most anticipated what are we looking forward to game wise coming out here in the new year in 2023 it's gonna be pretty crazy again our pockets are gonna be hurting because there's just so much coming out assuming a lot of these games actually hit their release dates which i think many of them will um i have a couple honorable mentions it sounds like you have quite the list of them i mean my list doubled like i had 20 games that were coming out this year um, I cut it down to, I think, six kind of main honorable mentions that okay. did make my top 10. And we don't have to spend really much time on these. Okay. Um, my first one is Forspoken. It's mm-hmm. coming out in like three days, and there's no way I'm going to get to it if I'm certain uh, tales. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of pushed. Me too. Um, there's the Horizon uh, Forbidden West kind of DLC. Oh, DLC. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um which I mean, I'll eventually I'll play it when it does, but it's not my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Lords of the Fallen. Which, I I almost had that on my main list because you and I really like that. We one. had a great time. Yeah, yeah the, we the, didn't get through it all the way, but I mean, this new one, the at least the cinematic trailers looks really good. Out of all of the Souls like copycat games out there, I feel like that's the one that to me resembled Dark Souls the most, while still having its own identity. Yeah, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, no, we had a good time with that one. There's um, also Suicide Squad. Oh, oh, the Justice League. Yeah, uh, I think that's by the same studio that did the Batman Arkham games. But I think there was a recent article about there being like pay to win type stuff going on with that game. Don't misquote me, but there's if there's that, I probably shouldn't play that. One. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but something that soured people's tastes in getting it day one. OK, yeah, I mean, I never played the Arkham games, but they always kind of intrigued me. Um, and this one, I mean, at least the gameplay that I've seen in the trailers looked like a lot of fun. So Yeah, maybe speaking of games that you need to get to, you're playing Bioshock, maybe you'll get around to Mass Effect this year. Batman Arkham, you need to, you need to add those, at least Asylum. At least get that one in there. Sneak it in. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, Sneak there's in. a lot that I'm on your naughty list for if you're not playing. Uh, the next one is a remake. It's Dead Space Remake. I don't have that on my list either. Yeah, I, I almost included it though. Yeah, I, I really, I mean... It's not my normal genre to play. It's terrifying. Yeah. But I, I always thought it was an interesting kind of story to go through. Maybe you can and kind I of think- sit on my lap in October because I'm probably not going to get a day one. So maybe during the spooky season, that'll be when we play together. I, I'm down for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one is Armor Core. I, I've never oh, played any before, but from the quality that FromSoft has put out and my love from the Soul series... I mean, the second we see gameplay, it's, it was all cinematic for the initial kind of announcement trailer that mm-hmm. we saw. I mean, I'd I'd be interested. I mean, once we see gameplay, to 
potentially get that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Definitely not something I'm going to pay $70 for no. unless the reception is so off the charts and everyone's like, I don't care if you don't even like Max, you need to play this game. Um, not something I'm planning on buying day one, but yeah, just the pedigree of FromSoft, their track record in recent years. I feel like it's something that I just, I, I owe at least giving a chance. Yeah. And I assume, I mean, I love Zoids mm-hmm. and it's basically battle Max. With, I mean, shaped like tigers and bats and mm-hmm. dinosaurs. But, like, if it's a similar being able to customize your mech and fight other mechs, that could be cool. Pretty sweet. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, those are all of mine, my honorable mentions. So, I had three written down. I'm only going to mention two because one of them I feel like is going to be in your most anticipated. And I'm actually surprised that none of your honorable mentions are on my top 10 here. Um, but, anyways, so Forspoken was on my list. Mm-hmm. Again, looks interesting looks to really resemble Final Fantasy 15 with its open world and being able to kind of run around and, and kill monsters and stuff like that. But again, it's just coming out at the wrong time. And I feel like this game is just going to bomb horribly and you'll probably be able to get this in six months for 30 bucks, um, if not cheaper than that. So I'll be looking out for those Gamefly sales here uh, <laughs> down the road. But Forspoken, yeah, looks like my cup of tea, just not a day one purchase. And then the other one probably would expect it to be on most people's most anticipated list coming into this year is Starfield. Yeah. And there's no way I'm getting that one. Yeah. That's I just, I want to be a part of that day one conversation. I want to see what it, all the hype's going to be like. I don't even think this is my type of game, like really at all for all the reasons you and I've really talked about up until this point. It really seems to not be Skyrim in space, but more fallout in space. We've never really get, gotten into the fallout games. No. The shooting mechanics don't really do anything for me. Whether it's a Bethesda game, Assassin's Creed, or any other open world um, RPG type game, bigger is not a bigger. It's not necessarily better. Is not better for me. That's not like a, a selling point. Like if you tell me there's not a hundred planets to explore, but a thousand, that just stresses me out. Yeah. Um, I just don't have the time to to dedicate to a game like that anymore. <laughs> to explore a fake universe. <laughs> yeah, I just for thousands of hours. And again, I feel like they're going quantity over quality. Like, however many lines of dialogue that have been spoken into this game, a thousand planets. Again, it just it kind of just seems like No Man's Sky all over again. Yeah. And I just don't with the way how Fallout seventy six released. And Bethesda's more recent track record, I just don't see how this game capitalizes on everything that they're promising. I see it being a Cyberpunk 2077 launch and then gets fixed over time, but with the hype already kind of lost. Mm-hmm. But I'm so excited for like people glitching into floors and oh, yeah. like all of those complications that made the launch of Cyberpunk so great. Well, I think that's at least from the outside. That'll be at. some of its charm. And I, I mean, you get that. In, we got that on Skyrim day one, too. And even today with all the patches later, there's a lot of jank. So yeah. it'll be fun. Maybe you come over again. We, we do the Mountain Dew. We do the pizza and uh, we create a character and play Starfield for an entire weekend. Yeah. Just I'm game for that. Just to kind of see what it's like. You have to bring pot stickers as well. Oh, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll hook you up. Yeah. Okay. Mozzarella sticks, cheese balls, pizza bagels, pot stickers. Okay. I'll, I'll consider gracing you with my presence yeah. with all the food <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no that, that sounds like a good time we'll do it we'll do it up um but yeah forespoken starfield those are my two honorable mentions i have one more that i guarantee 
is on your top 10 most anticipated. But with that being said, Ryan, okay, I have three at the bottom that I like left off, but I don't think are going to be on your list that I okay, can mention. Go for it. Um, there's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Not on my list, but yeah. I don't know even how that game's going to turn out, but coming off of Avatar being as great as the second one is, um, or just the environments that I love. Yeah. I can't use that to inspire me to do Minecraft anymore. Thanks. You're welcome. But it, it's it was a one that kind of piqued my interest. Um, there's Stellar Blade, which was kind of like a waifu combat um, kind of RPG, I'm assuming, JRPG. Okay, okay. Um, and then there was Tichia. Oh, that's on my list. I, I figured that would be on your list, and it it was it looked. I think it was one of our anticipated games, maybe last year. It was one, mine. Yeah, it was on my list. Um, I'm excited for that one. Um, it's just not my top ten. Yeah, we'll get to more of that here pretty shortly. It's it's pretty um high on my not high on my list towards one, but at the bottom. So we'll yeah. get to it here shortly. Um, well, good stuff, Ryan. How about I kick things off for us here? Okay. With um. I don't think this is on like anyone's honorable mention list, certainly not on their top 10. It's kind of just become of a, a, a joke that it even exists. But you know how I like my Lord of the Rings. Mm. You know how I like my Lord of the Rings jank. <laughs> and this has all of that and then some written all over it. And that's the Lord of the Rings Gollum. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, what game is coming out for Lord of the Rings? I completely forgot that this thing was a dude. I guarantee this is going to be like in the thirties on Metacritic. It is. Yeah. I I wouldn't even be surprised if this game is just straight up canceled before it releases. (laughs) They've already punted it like two or three times. It was supposed to come out last year. I think they even had a date of like September something. They punted it to 2023. We've not seen more footage of it. It looks gross. The animation looks awful. You go on the YouTube trailer comments and it's just a dumpster fire. Yeah. Like nothing surrounding this game is positive. Yeah. No, but I, I love my stealth games. I love Lord of the Rings. And just for the sheer meme ability of this game, I feel like I have to pick it up. I'll, I'll watch you play this game. There's no way in hell I'm getting this one. Yeah. I, just to bastardize the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. No, I cannot wait. This is going to be so great. <laughs> That's a good one. One game that freaking had just kind of went off the radar and not to with Lord of the Rings or not anticipated is Advance Wars. I need that game to come out. I almost included it on my list, but I don't know what is going on behind the scenes with that and one. It, and it can't just because of the war in Ukraine. It, it has to be for some like catastrophic. The game was like in meltdown mode. Yeah. Like because it's been a year, maybe year plus. Yeah. Like I want that game so bad. I mean, I think it was legitimately supposed to come out in like 2021. Yeah, no, it's it's been a while. Yeah, so I didn't even bother to put it on my list because I'm like, you know what? I might as well just settle for Wargroove and the Fire Emblem series at this point. Like, I, I'm never going to get this game in my hands. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just did from kind of games that are coming out for sure this year or for the most part this year, but that's one that kind of reminded me of. Yeah, no, it's a good one. But yeah, Lord of the Rings Gollum is my number 10. What about you? Mine, this is probably going to be higher up your list, is Final Fantasy 16. You might see it up there. Um, I've, I mean, I, we've talked about it a few times. I've never played a Final Fantasy to completion mm-hmm. or really have gotten even close. I played Final Fantasy X. Um, I don't even know how far. I, at least 10 hours. Like, I got the main cast together, um, except for the the girl who wears yellow clothes. Mm. Um, I don't know where I get her, but... Um, 
I, I enjoyed my time with it. It's Rick's favorite Final Fantasy. He's freaking maxed or platinum that game. I'm pretty sure. And that's hundreds of hours. I enjoyed it. I liked Titus, Titus. Um, Yuna was my crush as mm. a kid. So I enjoyed that. And then I played Final Fantasy VII Remake and the original mm-hmm. game, kind of where the remake ends in the original and then kind of seeing it in all of its glory. Didn't get too far, maybe five to seven hours in that one. Um and I haven't been able to pull the trigger on 15. I think it's just the JRPG. It's just, it's such a big time investment um, that it's hard to kind of start that climb of that mountain. I, so, yeah. I mean, like I've been saying for years at this point, since 2020, when I played Final Fantasy 15, I truly believe that this isn't going to hit the same way Monster Hunter hit for you, but it's going to hit in a similar way because it resembles Monster Hunter in so many ways as it relates to combat. And yeah, dude. And I want you to play 15 so badly. I know, I know. But 16, with all the wave of hype, and like you were talking about, it's coming out when you're coming out of Japan. Like you're going to be fully immersed in it. And I mean, this is kind of a darker tone. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what to expect. I know it's, it's a JRPG, so it could literally go anywhere mm-hmm. um and it usually does um i'm excited to kind of start this up a new final fantasy when everyone else starts it up and kind of be a part a part of that kind of community yeah and, and i guess what i'll say before we get too deep in the top 10 here i don't have a ton of notes for a lot of these mostly because the, especially the games that are from five to one i've really stayed clear of many details because i want the experience to be as fresh as possible uh, from But from the footage I've seen of Final Fantasy 16, what's been most intriguing outside of, again, going back to its medieval roots, being a darker story, I think it's rated M. There's so much surrounding this game that really gets me excited for a multitude of reasons. But yet another one, from the footage we've seen, it almost looks like you have 1v1 summon battles. Like giant tower, like, like colossal. Godzilla versus Kong, except like giant beasts. Yeah, like really interesting concepts and ideas here. It's so, almost like the uh, Pokemon Stadium battles where you like Gigamax yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so the sky's the limit with this game. I'm so excited for it. Um, I guess I'll just spoil it. It's, it's my most anticipated game of okay, the year. It's damn. my number one. I think a lot of that has to do knowing full well that I'm going to be immersed in the culture of Japan when this game is on the heels of its release. Everything about Tokyo, I have to imagine, is going to be literal littered with promotional material, yeah. billboards, merchandise, all kinds of stuff all over the place in Japan. And I think that's just going to add to the hype levels of eventually getting this game in my hands a month after getting home from Japan. Uh, for those that are not aware, it does have a release date of June 22nd, 2023. Um, I cannot wait. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, so um, so that was your number 10. Uh, number, ten. number 10. My number nine, you kind of already mentioned it, Tachia. For those that are not aware, this is very your much... Your number nine or your number 10? My number nine. You're not, you said you're most anticipated? You probably already forgot that Golem was my number 10. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. It was just so memorable of a game. I forgot yeah. it was a thing. <laughs> I don't blame you. Most people won't remember it coming out either. Uh, probably be like one of... like. Yeah, I was going to say, the sales are going to be pretty rough. On probably one. one of 10 people that has any any trophies in this game um, ever. But, but, hey, if you platinum it, you should platinum it. 
<laughs> the sad thing is Ryan's going to be encouraging me to get Yeah, I'm like, shit. Uh, <laughs> now it's like, do I promote a bad habit for you to allow me to have a bad habit of like RuneScape Minecraft time? Yeah. Like, I'm the devil on your shoulder. It's not that bad of a trophy list. We can be bad together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what's your number nine? My number nine is Tachia. Um, we've talked about this a couple different times over the past year or so. This is the one that's kind of set in this tropical open world. You play as this young girl. You can kind of c- climb and um, get on a bow, definitely resembling a bit of The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker um, with the boat mechanic, but also you can kind of climb and navigate and scale caves and walls in a similar way that you can in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, but the way the developers have kind of pitched this is very much just like an open world physics sandbox type adventure where you can kind of go wherever you want, complete side quests for a lot of the NPCs across the islands. You have a little ukulele. I'm not really sure how that translates to gameplay, but you can kind of open that up or kind of pick it up and start playing it whenever you want. Uh, you can also, as playing this as this young girl, transform into inanimate objects in any animal that you see yeah so you can you know go into a dolphin or a bird and fly around and so i'm sure that'll translate to puzzle solving and finding collectibles and treasures around the islands i mean this really reminds me a lot of a short hike Mm -hmm. more in the three-dimensional than than that isometric perspective when you can kind of do whatever you want go wherever you want to go it's just a very pleasant and wholesome experience. And so really looking forward to this one. I hope it comes out this year. Um, earlier this week, there were some previews going around from a, a number of reputable video game sites with um, hands-on gameplay experience. So I have to imagine this is probably going to come out between like February and April. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it might be exclusive to PlayStation and Steam. Um, I thought I remember reading that. So add it to your Steam wish list. Be on the lookout for PlayStation. Again, this one just looks to be really easy on the mind, fun to explore, and uh, collect things and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited for this game. So, yeah. Tachia. It's T-C-H-I-A. Yeah. So, yeah. Good one. Look out for that. But uh, what is your number nine? My number nine is a game. I mean, we started in the series. is Diablo 4. Okay. Originally, I thought this was going to be exclusive to Xbox because of some of the sales that were going on with the companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like, at least the videos I was watching last night, is it's coming out on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And one, I mean, we saw some gameplay in one of the the video game conferences. It looks great. The The problem with 3 for us was it was so dreary. Mm-hmm. And apparently this one's going back to the Diablo 2 routes. More, I guess, more light. I don't know what that technically means because I didn't play really either of them. But I, I would really like to get into that type of grind with you. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like if, if we play Diablo, it's something you have to play with someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally down. I mean, that's just a fun game. And we've really gotten out of the habit. And I mentioned it in my YouTube video. The reason why I got a lot of those Ghost Recon type games on the original Xbox is I want you and I to squad up and play more co-op stuff together. And I feel like D- Diablo, you almost can't play that unless you're playing it with a friend. Yeah, I mean, it's really built for that. Um and I really like being able to customize and my character with new gear, getting those just RNG roles on mm-hmm. different pieces um, and being able to see that translate to your character changing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lord of the Rings Return of the King on the Game Boy Advance was one of my favorite games. And it has a very similar 
customization or like where you put those gear pieces where you get roles on specific um like frost type things and mm-hmm. slowly build up your character and yeah it should be a good time yeah no i'm down do you know when that's releasing it is june 6th okay so middle of summer this yeah. was kind of in the point of going through the year where i'm like i'm past the point of like big games that i'm i can really stomach like mm-hmm. is the front loaded part of this year and this was kind of this that halfway point i was like oh crap yeah, the first, <laughs> there's so much the out. first six months of the year is literally like 80 percent of my list like it's it's stupid how many games are coming out in the first half of this year mm-hmm. like if the if the back half of the year can just like take a break the video game industry can kind of retire for six months or go in hibernation i was gonna say like i'm looking at the dates that i have and it's yeah february through may it's crazy. And then like one or two June with Diablo and uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's just like, holy crap. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, well, great pick. I love it. We'll definitely have to pick that up and play it together. It's not on my list, but um, would happily buy that day one and play it with you. Uh, my number eight is a sequel to a game. I don't know if I was expecting to get a sequel, but I'm glad it sold well and it's done as well as it has. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Okay. Yeah, that's my number two. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And, and it could have easily... The way I rank my top 10 games of the year is very meticulous. I spend a lot of time arguing with myself. Like I spend hours thinking about it. When I'm working, I'm thinking about it. When I go to sleep, I'm staring at the ceiling thinking about it. I don't put that amount of energy into my top 10 most anticipated. Like while my top five is pretty locked in in order of like, I have to buy all of these day one ranked to my most anticipated. This is more just a fun list for me. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, this... I do kind of the shotgun like or the just pull the trigger. It is what it is. First impressions. Where is it ranked? All right, I'm done. Exactly. And I really I love the first game. And I mean, I've talked about Sekiro in the last few episodes and how much I love that. And the deflection and kind of parry mechanics from that Fallen Order. or Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. Was it Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, the first one. Okay, is very much that kind of style of game i feel like they've pulled it off pretty well it's not as the timings are not as precise as sekiro so it is on harder difficulties a little bit like all right i i think i could have gotten that but it it, i mean with the coding or the skin of star wars and getting into the star wars aspect it's just a ton of fun yeah i'll never forget it it was one of my favorite memories of the last generation uh like the ps4 you know xbox one era when you and I were just coming off this super fatigue of Star Wars, I think we had just seen Rise of Skywalker. We were just tired of it. Kind of like after Endgame, it's like, I don't need another phase of Marvel. Please, like, stop it with Star Wars. We're so, we need a break, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like Mandalorian's coming out and all this stuff. And then we saw gameplay for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I'm like, no, come on, we don't need this. And then you bought a physical copy <laughs> and you came out, you played a little bit of it. And like, no, dude, you, we have to start a new file. I'm coming over to your place. We're going to do this. You come over on a Saturday. I'm like, Ryan, fine. We'll play for like 30 minutes. I'll get to, you know, kind of see the Perry mechanic stuff. And then we got to record the podcast episode. We did not record a podcast <laughs> episode that day. It was like, I put it in and it was like, oh crap. We've made a grave mistake. It like was 10 like, hours later. We just did yeah. not. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are very, I can count on one hand in the past, like five years or so. When I went that hard on a game, Jedi Fallen Warner, Order. Canaan Bridge of Spirits, Last was Part 2, God of War Ragnarok. Like, probably those four are, like, the ones that I just, like, no-lifed it. And 
what a great time that was, especially there are certain games when they're not as fine-tuned as they probably should be at launch. There's some jank, you're falling through floors, when it actually enhances the enjoyment of it. Jedi Fallen Order had quite a bit of that. Yeah, and there was one where we like shot up into the air or something, or we like we fell in and saw the entire stage. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, so I hope there's some of that with Jedi uh, Survivor. And honestly, I just, I love the main protagonist and his little, uh, I think, BD-1 little friends, mm-hmm. um, customizing your lightsaber. There's just so much there that um, they clearly know that they're they're catering towards hardcore Star Wars fans. They do it well, and, and I'm excited to see where the story goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that you bring up the more hardcore fans. I mean, I, I feel like this prequel or sequel trilogy was really watered down, mm-hmm. and it kind of going to the lowest common denominator to kind of get new fans in, and it left us kind of more hardcore fans in the dust. Mm-hmm. And this game kind of tailored the prequel type stuff into it, the in-between with the Inquisitors. Like it, it was a good, good time. It was yeah. A really good time. Yeah, for sure. And that comes out March 17th, 2023. Um, my birthday is the 22nd. So it comes right around my birthday, but there's another game a little bit higher up that's really going to kind of compete for what I end up getting around that time. But we'll get that. We'll get to that here in a second. Sounds good. What is your number eight? My number eight is Hades 2. Oh, okay. Um, I played the first one. I got, I think, one run through successfully. And this was before, I believe, they added a way for you to slowly lower the difficulty for each time you lose by like a percentage. And this was me like playing on base, like 100% scalable damage. So I, I'm not a huge roguelike. I played maybe 40 attempts and got through it once. Is this game coming out this year? Uh, 2023 abroad, no specific. Okay. Game. Okay. Um, so if it does, I'll play it, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play. I mean, the first one was freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. It could have easily won game of the year. And that's one of the indie games that deserve to be in that initial like game of the year. Contender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this next one looks fun. It, I'm hoping they have the same level of quality and uh, I'm excited to play it. Very cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd like to get a copy of Hades this year and, and play. We have it on Switch. So I guess I could play it there. Um, but yeah, Are I've never really gotten trophies in, on I didn't any trophies. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten into roguelikes before, but I feel like Hades would be a great jumping on point. This so. is a great one to do handheld. Y- sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even suggest doing it on PlayStation. I mean, just to be able to start a run, whether you get far or not, but like building up that base level of your character mm-hmm. um, to go through the runs. Is, it's a good time. Okay. A very cool. Excellent choice. My number seven is probably on no one's list. I hope I can bring more attention to this game because I've been following its development cycle for literally years. There was um, a solo developer. I'm sure he had a team around him as well, but he was releasing gameplay clips um, as the game was kind of evolving. As far as I can, probably dating back to 2020, maybe 2019. And uh, I just kind of lost sight of it. Didn't really think it was going to come out anytime soon little 3D platformer called Clive and Wrench. This releases February 28th, 2023. This goes back to your old school N64 buddy platformers where you have your Banjo-Kazooies. This one, you play as Clive and Wrench. Uh, One of them's a rabbit. He has a little monkey on his back that he kind of uses as a little helicopter to kind of get to (laughs) other platforms and stuff like that. From what I've read, there's 11 different worlds so definitely a pretty meaty game. You 
I think the the whole like shtick of the game of the story beat is you and your little buddy get into a time machine refrigerator and go back to the 1950s or something like that. So kind of almost similar to the the tiny kin where you yeah. go back to the 1990s and you're 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 scaling um kitchens and other, you know, household rooms and stuff like that. Uh, and the developer was very much trying and even in this new the wrench game you're scaling kitchens and yeah, things. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, very much like Tiny Can. Okay. Um so definitely put this on people's radar. If if you're not aware of it, it comes out again in February. You can get it on all platforms, Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam. Um I just you can really tell that this developer put his heart, soul, and all of his energy into the development of over the of this game for the past several years. And because of that, I did wanted to do everything I could to support him and the rest of the team. So he, uh, and again, with games like this, especially day one, they normally don't have a physical print, yeah. right? Stuff like Tinykin, even Tunic for that matter, maybe limited run games or one of those other types of sites will print copies down the line, depending on how well it sells. This is getting a physical print run day one. And so I already pre-ordered the collector's edition on Amazon the collector's edition 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. So you might as well. I think it releases at 30 for just the retail copy, no collector's edition. But, you know, I had when it comes to 3D platformers nowadays, that's like the one genre and JRPGs for like a Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy type thing. When I want to go all out with a collector's edition it comes with a full colored manual, the original soundtrack, 16 collectible cards, a little fridge magnet of Clive and Wrench. <laughs> So this is totally my type of game, right up my alley. Very rarely do we see these buddy platformers type, uh, buddy platformers nowadays. We got Ukulele a couple of years ago. New Super Lucky's Tale was kind of similar to that. And uh, Clive and Wrench really seems to be a callback to your Banjo-Kazooie's of yesteryear. So looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I love Tinykin, obviously. So if it's up in a similar vein, I'd be curious to potentially pick this up as well yeah so add it to your wish list on steam check it out you can still the pre-orders are live on amazon and probably other retailers you can still get it um so check it out i think it's something people would really like cool but that was my number seven so what's your number seven my number seven is probably something that's definitely not on your list which is wulong fallen dynasty that was the last honorable mention i had okay yeah so i figured it was on your list. yeah i mean this is i believe it's from the same people who made neo Mm. Um, and I never got fully through Neo because that game, really both of them, I, I did a good chunk through the first one and I went back to the second one after failing kind of the first area and got a good portion of the way through that, maybe five or six bosses in. Um, this is another souls like that. I feel like has that same feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to, I haven't, I believe there was a demo out for it. I mm-hmm. never played it, but I watched one of kind of the souls like YouTube uh, YouTubers that I follow play through it and it looks up my alley. So I'm, I'm yeah. really excited for this. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. Um, I remember when that was like originally the like gameplay leaked or the developer showed a short tease and the internet was just on fire for days. Mm-hmm. Like this looks amazing type of thing. Um, so great pick. Great yeah, I'm pick. hoping it lives up to the hype and from what we've seen and uh, the gameplay looks fun. So yeah, I'm looking yeah. for that challenge, even though there's no new Souls, like official Souls games on the horizon. This will kind of hold me over until I get that full meal. Yeah, good stuff. My number six, I'm, I'm curious if this is on your list or you remember this one coming out because we don't have a, an official release date, but there are rumors that it's coming out in 2023. 
and that is the Dragon Quest III remake that is of the Octopath Traveler style. Kind of the two and a half Shit. HD. Yeah. No, I did not. I have a something in a similar vein, but no, that I, I really am excited about that one. Yeah, because Octopath Traveler, I know that's one of your favorite JRPGs, literally your favorite soundtrack ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never went deep on Octopath. I, I still need to get around to doing that. But if you've been you listening... need to make that one of your Switch games. Yeah, for sure. But if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, or certainly my YouTube channel back in the day, I'm a huge fan of the Dragon Quest series, especially um, the ports to the Nintendo DS, like 4, 5, 6, and 9. So to get a remake of the third game, which I personally have never played... But in that Octopath Traveler style, it looks so beautiful. This is just, uh, I'm so excited. And like you and I have talked about previously when this was first announced, I hope they take that Octopath style and try and replicate it for other RPGs in a remake fashion. I think you mentioned Chrono Trigger Trigger would be a great kind of candidate for that style. And I agree. I think doing Chrono Trigger in that two and a half D HD remake would be so freaking cool. I mean, because it already, I mean, the base game looks like that. So a little like, bit, yeah. it would be an easy translation in theory. Yeah. I, I yeah, I guess I'll, I'll make that my number five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I haven't really played many Dragon Quests. I only played 11, which is completely different. It's kind of the newer school. Um, but yeah, really any game that has that Octopaths, uh, uh, type look to it besides triangle strategy mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for yeah so looking forward to that again hopefully we, we find out more details outside of that initial trailer we really haven't heard anything outside of like the rumor stuff that's you know going around the internet so hope, hopefully more details soon and hopefully it uh, sneaks into 2023 yeah it's a great pick uh, my number six is probably not on your list okay it's uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage I've never, I haven't heard of this one yeah, it's this kind of new up-and-coming series. Okay. Um, what was it? Ubisoft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. They, they, it's You play as an assassin, obviously, from the name, and you're in a place. I, it sounds like they're going back to their kind of old-school ways and not some of these open RPG ways. Which no, yeah, no, I can't wait for this. This is my number four. Uh, it honestly could have been my number one, but I try to be realistic with some of the other games that are coming out this year. I'm really excited about this because, yeah, it's going back to the roots of the earlier Assassin's Creed II Brotherhood where it's much more a focus on a tighter experience, uh, a more linear story. You don't have the RPG stuff. You don't have this open world and story that's going to take you 100 hours to beat. Um, this one is set in Baghdad a few decades before the events of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a character named, uh, Bassam, I think is his name. He was introduced in Valhalla. Oh, you play as him when he's kind of a thief going around the streets, eventually entering the creed. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one because again, my reignited love of Assassin's Creed but more so to get a current generation Assassin's Creed game of the original style. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the original ones. I think my favorite would probably be Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard for me. I know you went through all of them last year, but to get into that more RPG style. Yeah. Because I'm in RPGs. I try to do everything I can, figure out how to break the system, like go really in depth, want to grind out shit for days. And just that more linear stealth run up buildings, assassinate people kind of Arkham esque 
type interactions with guards. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really like the simplicity of that. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait. And we don't have a date on this yet, um, but this will probably be a fall release, I'd have to imagine. Yeah. Um, Ubisoft has not been doing well financially recently, so... Mm-mm, they've canceled a few. Yeah, so I have to imagine they're going to try and release this outside of a window of like a Spider-Man 2 or a Starfield type of game because they want this to get as much attention as possible. Yeah, definitely latter half of the year because <laughs> the... Yeah, you don't want to pull a Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. <laughs> one week of hype and then dead. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, great pick. Love it. Again, that's my number four. Uh, my number five is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Okay. Um, this this comes out March 24th, March 24th, assuming that date hits. So between this and Star Wars Jedi Survivor, um, I, I know a lot of people say I don't play my spooky season games unless it's in October. Um, I don't necessarily abide by that. I, I, I played Resident Evil Village when that came out, like in the March time frame. But... I might make an exception for this just because like if, if Jedi survivors coming out March, I might hold off a few months for Resident Evil four remake, but like at the same time, like already four is one of my favorite games ever. Yeah. This is one. I think when they showed the trailer, I was like, I couldn't play it. The original one. It was just hard for me. I got stuck. Literally. You're like, we need to rescue the president's daughter. And then you get to a village and then you just get swarmed by zombies. And I'm like, it's so different over the shoulder type that I couldn't deal with it. But with the HD, I I think I could get through it, even though it's not my cup of tea. I'd almost rather come over here and watch you play it just for the experience. Um, It, yeah, it didn't make my honorable mentions list, but it's something definitely on my radar. Similar to Dead Space. Yeah, no, I, I I can't wait for this. Um... I mean, my ex- first experience playing Resident Evil 4, I've told it on the podcast before, but um, I played it on the Wii. I never played it on the GameCube. I never played it on the PS2, but I remember getting this game on the Wii and I was going so hard on the game that my buddy Nick would come over before he'd go to high school in the morning at like 6.30 and we'd sit there and eat our breakfast while I made it just a little bit further <laughs> in Resident Evil 4 and then we'd race home after school and I continued to make progress in, um, in it. And uh, it made the experience playing on the Wii that much better with like the waggle controls and having to aim your gun with the the Wiimote and everything like that. So I've since played it on PlayStation 2, the PS4 remaster, but what a fun way to experience that game on the Wii. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to play the remake. I just hope in a similar way to Last of Us, it stays true to the original yeah. um, to a certain extent. And when I say Last of Us, I mean the show adaptation, not the remake, uh, because the merchant like what are you buying like if he's not in the game or it's not like pretty much the exact same in the exact same voice like people are just gonna riot yeah um yeah resident evil 4 is so freaking good it's an absolute masterpiece and i can't wait to play the remake dude it's gonna be no, so it's, sick. A good, it's a good choice yeah it's gonna be so good so good um so that's my number five my number five um we've kind of already talked about it with your dragon quest is octopath traveler 2 yeah um favorite soundtrack of all time um followed up closely by ori just every song is so memorable and is tied to the corresponding characters or zones so well i'm so excited to see where this soundtrack lies Mm -hmm. um i'm assuming it's gonna have eight different characters similar kind of roles within a party combat system turn-based i loved it the 
Rick got really deep into similar with Pokemon, like mana manipulation to like MP specific guys. And I'm excited for kind of coming up with those strategies because I know he's going to get that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the stories, I had a good time. Um, so I'm I'm just excited for more Octopath. Good stuff, man. Well, um, kind of going back to the earlier Otaku Brothers challenge with playing less RuneScape, going deeper and harder on JRPGs. I think Octopath Traveler is your favorite soundtrack of all time. One, because it's fucking like amazing. It's a banger. But I also feel like your exposure to JRPGs is somewhat limited. So when you start playing your, you know, FF, you know, 12s and Final Fantasy 9s and stuff like that, just just wait, man. You know what came to mind? <laughs> Dragon Quest Builders 2. Oh, no. <laughs> No. It's a good JRPG. Uh, it's no. nothing like any games that are on the uh, band list. That's just like a different <laughs> flavor of Minecraft. You can't do it. Right. Well, so, yeah, no, Octopath Traveler 2, I'm really excited. It's coming out February 24th, mm. and that's so soon. Yeah, there's so soon. many freaking games. Like meaty games. Meaty games. Yeah. Like There's some RPGs that are coming out like early February that are like, that could tie me through March. So, yeah. Like, I want to give this day one, but I also want to give some of the earlier games coming out this year their chance to stick and for me to enjoy. Unlike, yeah. I mean, Horizon Forbidden West, I mean, just mentioned it earlier. It's I wish I would have had more than a week to enjoy that before these other monsters of a games like Elden Ring came out. And I want to give each game kind of its time to sink in and mm-hmm. enjoy. So. I don't know if I'll get to Octopath Travel right when it comes out. That'll probably be more of a supplemental game instead of like a staple game like my main one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super excited. Yeah, good stuff. No, I can't wait to hear your impressions of that when you when you get around to playing it. Um, well, again, my number four was Assassin's Creed Mirage. So what's your number four? Uh, mine's just a game that you never played the first one for, mm. which is Legends of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now, is this a day one for you? Um, let's see. What else it's- is? It's May 12th. Yeah. So there's nothing else around that, really. You got Wulong in early March. Another Jedi is March 17th. Okay, so maybe... Yeah, I, I think that could be a day one for me. Okay. Um, I really like... This was actually my first game that I played on the Switch. Mm. So I bought my Switch from uh, Rick. He was kind of done. There wasn't a ton that came out at launch. Um, and he... he I bought it from him with the original one i really enjoyed it um i didn't really get too tied up in kind of the um systems where your uh, swords and things broke i know that's a not everyone's point. favorite yeah yeah well it's interesting because the other day i can't remember why but i went back and listened to a portion of the first episode of our podcast yeah i think someone like i recommended the show to someone or someone said something about like they went back and listened to episode one like a new listener, maybe a coworker or something. I can't remember what it was, but I went back and listened to just like a small portion. One, our audio is so just off. Just the highest quality. <laughs> just terrible. It's the worst. Um, for really? con- for context for people, if they have not been listening that long, I was using a MacBook Pro back then and I didn't know how to, to configure two microphones at the same time. I thought I was. So it, basically, it was also like they were the same. So it really didn't like picking up the two snowballs. Yeah. And so Ryan, it was only picking up audio from Ryan's microphone and I was sitting on the other end of the table. Yeah. So while it was capturing my voice, it was capturing my voice from the other side of the room. 
So yeah, um, it was it's, so it's improved a little bit since then. Just a smidge. But anyways, my point in saying that was you had just gotten the Switch like a few months before that. So you would at that point were really playing um, Breath of the Wild, really enjoying it, sharing your impressions and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really curious and I hope you do get it day one just because, again, I really haven't gotten into Breath of the Wild for a number of different reasons. Um, and I, I just love to have impressions for the show around that time because again similar to starfield like everyone's gonna be playing it everyone's gonna be talking about it i'm really excited i mean my my approach to i think the first one that made it a little bit easier because the map is massive Mm -hmm. like it's it's a daunting task going into that big of an open world or just open worlds in general i went around and basically lit all of the towers Mm -hmm. so i could one light up the map to see places i can't remember if you could fast travel i don't think you could but it still allowed you to like unlock the visual of that map and that you was kind probably of a, could travel to those each of those four places possibly. yeah yeah and yeah i think you're right um it helped me kind of bring down the scale of the game to a more manageable level and then from there i could do whatever the hell i wanted yeah um and then there's also good opportunities to grind lionels i'm sure they're going to introduce more zelda things to fight but it, yeah i'm pretty excited yeah maybe when i go to japan i mean i said fire emblem, emblem three houses would be my game but maybe I'll take Breath of the Wild because, again, if I'm on a flight for the entirety of the trip over almost 30 hours. It's definitely beatable in 30 hours. I've seen people beat it in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I'll probably take my time. Yeah. But even yeah. just to run around the open world while I'm on a flight watching movies, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be pretty. Yeah, just going through each yeah. one of the like dungeon, little puzzles. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not terribly difficult, but like slowly increasing your health. Not puzzles. Yeah. I mean, your favorite thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good airplane to Japan. Yeah, type of game. Well, good stuff. So number four, Legend of Zelda. My number three is one I hope is on your list because I kind of want to geek out about it for at least a second here. Insomniac's Spider-Man 2. That's my number three as well. Yeah. Our game of the year list was like right on parallel with each other. And I'm glad we hit at least one similar one here. Yeah, I, I'm really not. This is kind of like what God of War Ragnarok ragnarok was for me last year like santa monica studios isn't gonna hit 2022 there's just no way god of war is coming out next year this is when we were doing our 2022 most anticipated games but it hit and i feel like insomniac has such a great track record they are such a well-oiled machine like not to continue dogging on xbox first party studios but they could really learn a thing or two from whatever insomniac's doing i mean you look at what you know spider-man coming out in 2017 um ratchet and clank rift apart coming out in 2021 miles morales miles morales and already spider-man 2 potentially coming out this year wolverine maybe another year or two out they're doing some great things over there and i cannot wait to play the follow-up especially if you know we're doing some missions with miles and we bounce back to peter parker it looks like venom was in the venom's in there dude i cannot wait and what I forgot, and I don't know how I did because it only came out a few short years ago, but when I played Spider-Man Remastered for PS5, how freaking good that story is. It's a long one. Um, and yeah, it's got its ups and downs, but it's its last like kind of run was crazy. Yeah. Like the last few hours of it. Yeah. Like it, it's nonstop. Holy crap. It's really well done. And so... Um, I mean, I just don't know if there if you can point to a game where traversing the world is more fun than Spider-Man. It's like impossible. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I platinumed, I believe, the first one last year, and I went back through Miles Morales and basically got everything except for one trophy that you're going to help me with. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed, I mean, I think I did them back to back. I was so into that world and that the combat system's great. I love the kind of simplification of Miles Morales as far as collectibles on yeah, the map. for sure. Um, I'm hoping they keep that instead of having to do like freaking... 40 fights per region yeah. with all the different types of squads. Um, that was a hell of a grind. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope the quality of life kind of changes and they kind of branch out. I don't know if you'd be able to play Venom. And I don't know. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, that would definitely change up the gameplay, similar to Miles Morales's like electricity, mm-hmm. change up the gameplay. Um, they could even go into the Spider-Verse type thing. I, yeah. I would assume that would be its own title instead of Spider-Man 2, like Spider-Verse. But Tough to say, man. But I, I'm sure whatever they put out, I've loved those first two games so much that I'm really excited for whatever they give me. I just can't us. wait to collect more suits, do like the flyby, taking photographs of certain yeah. like monuments and things around the city. like Ruin cutscenes where I'm a skeleton <laughs> with like a fire on my head and the, those intimate moments with Mary Jane. <laughs> exactly. I just, oh gosh, it's so dang good. I cannot wait for Spider-Man 2, fall 2023. Uh, I hope it hits that release date, especially because I feel like post-July, um, video game release calendars a little questionable just because we really don't know what's coming out beyond june or july at this point but spider-man 2 would be a perfect fall release yeah for so sure. uh, that was your number three i guess i'll jump to my number two okay which i feel like it's you probably are, my number one yeah which is hogwarts legacy yes yeah and so, really that's the only one i've left because my number two was jedi yeah so. and i already talked about my number one which is final fantasy 16 so thanks for listening everyone we'll be <laughs> yeah, back cool hogwarts let's go <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, but yeah, no, February 10th, 2023. I've talked quite a bit on this podcast before how much I loved those earlier PS1, PS2, Harry Potter games, Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, mostly because Jeremy Soule composed the soundtrack. So you had your ambient Elder Scrolls type music while you wandered around the Hogwarts castle, made it to your class, um, all the puzzle solving in dungeons, just flying around on your broom, exploring the castle grounds, but being able to do all of that in like an RPG-like fashion, creating your own character, being sorted to your own house, doing the whole like bully, Rockstar's bully thing where you actually go to classes and probably take exams and just all of it, dude, is I really feel like Avalanche Studios, I think is the developer, is totally going to hit the mark with this one and capture everything you dreamed about you know, becoming a witch or wizard, going to Hogwarts. My it's, mom's biggest fear. My son's going to be a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's why I wasn't allowed to read them. No, I mean, I, I never played the original games. And I know you love them so much. But I, I started the Harry Lego Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And going through the scale of, like, just going through the first game and the scale of the castle, it, just in Lego form, was fantastic. Mm. And seeing the amount of detail in these trailers and I hope this one is as great as it looks. I mean, I, I love the Harry Potter series. I, the lore is great. Um, yeah. If we put RPG mechanics to that, I can't wait to, I hope they allow us to do kind of like an infamous type, go dark side or go light side. That'd be cool. Um, I want to shoot a Vatica Davra 
whether it's outside, of, I'm sure you can't go around Skyrim style killing all the shopkeepers. Probably not. Um, or really any of your classmates. But it, it's always fun to see the difference or like, a, I want to push the bounds of what you're allowed to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's side quests where you can go dark side and mm-hmm. some of um, these places. But I, I'm really excited. I'm not sure what house I'm going to pick yet. Um, I'll have to go do a BuzzFeed, which Harry Potter house are you <laughs> survey before then. I'm not. I want to say I'm a Ravenclaw for the last time I took that 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm not some dirty Hufflepuff. Yeah. Um, and as much as I want to say I'm, I, I don't like Gryffindor because they're kind of brave and dumb, but I want to go dark side with Slytherin. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll okay. See. I'll be a Death Eater if it kills me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, as much as when this game was originally announced, I thought that they were biting off more than they can chew. From the footage I've seen, it really seems to be living up to all the hype and everything I hoped the game could and, and would be. And the fact that I think it went gold like a month or two ago, they're probably just kind of polishing things up. I, I, I'm i so excited for this. Yeah, February 10th cannot come soon enough. I fully expect, like last year around that time when everyone on my PlayStation list was playing Elden Ring, mm-hmm. I kind of anticipate it being a similar thing with Hogwarts Legacy in my entire Twitter timeline. It's just people taking pictures of which house they went to wandering around Hogwarts. This better have a, a photo mode. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it probably will. Uh, but yeah, very excited for this one. Excited to see where it ends up reviewing and, and what the critic, critical reception around it is. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to ride on uh, my own hippogriff. Heck yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, my most anticipated game, Final Fantasy 16, for all the reasons I described earlier in the episode. Very much looking forward to playing the game, but maybe even more so just being immersed in in the Japanese culture uh, as they kind of await this game, you know, wandering the streets of Tokyo and just seeing all the promotional material. It's going to be pretty, pretty sweet. But Ryan, I'm just excited to play good games this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, going through and kind of prepping our notes for this, I'm like, holy crap. Uh, this is, it's going to be a great year. I mean, last year was Crazy. a great year. I mean, even the beginning half of last year um, and they're just keeping them coming and I'm happy. They are. And you know, in my YouTube top 10 games of the year video, I said that 2022 was the year for surprises because I played stuff like Toem, Tinykin, Tunic, games that I really wasn't anticipating just because I didn't really know about them. Or even if yep. I knew about them, I didn't know if they were going to scratch an itch I was even looking to find. I feel like 2023 is a little bit different where I'm really just kind of looking forward to a lot of the mainstream stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I guess the year of the AAA. Yeah, it really is. Um, So looking forward to it, but please let us know um, in the discord, shoot us an email or talk about this podcast at gmail.com. What are some of the games that you're looking forward to most here in 2023? Ryan and I will have no shortage of things to talk about into the new year with these new releases, the games, we chip away in our backlog and uh, our Otaku Brothers challenge when it comes to playing less RuneScape <laughs> and going after less platinum trophies. I think it'll be uh, pretty fun. Yeah, it should be a good year for gaming. Pretty fun. But as we come to the tail end of every episode, we have to, of course, just thank all of you wonderful people for tuning into the show. We hopefully you, you found it entertaining and maybe you learned about a new game or two like uh, like Clive and Wrench or Wolong the Fallen Dynasty. Yeah. Some of these other kind of hidden games under the radar for people that are coming out in 2023. But uh, we also, as I always do at the end of these episodes, toss it over to my brother-in-law and ask him, do you have any parting words or fun facts for our listeners, Ryan? <laughs> I do. Uh, and this is kind of a weird one. 
Um, so I, I was looking into Atlantis because eventually oh. I want to find it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's, people have failed for a while. But um, so just kind of the history of where the idea of Atlantis came from. So Plato heard about Atlantis from his grandfather who heard about it from an Athenian statesman named Solon three years before Plato. Okay. And that's Solon heard about it from an Egyptian priest. So it goes back to kind of Egypt is where this came about. Um, and them saying that it happened 9,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a bit before kind of contemporary or where we have a bunch of history for. Yeah. Um, and there's this weird structure in, it's called the Aya Sahara or Richat structure. And it's basically kind of the circular type. I think spaceships actually locate based off of it, but it has a very similar structure to the, um, how they describe Atlantis okay. with multiple rings, a few of land with water in between. Mm-hmm. And so it's Richat. I think that's, I'm saying it right. R I C H A T structure. Okay. Um, look that up. It's, it's pretty interesting. So I guess double clicking into this real quick. So what do they think happened to this lost city of Atlantis? I mean, I think most civilizations at the time talk about a giant flood, mm-hmm. whether that's a flood from a meteor or what, uh, I mean, religions have their own explanation, but I, I'm assuming it's most likely a meteor hit and just flooded all the, all of these primitive simil- civilizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the Sahara Desert used to be actually like a, a rainforest, mm. um, so it potentially makes sense that that would be around there. And it, it used to be until the Rock put on the fucking Scorpion King bracelet <laughs> and then ruined yeah, everything. Yeah, the Rock used to be a king of Atlantis, so yeah, mm. he's back. Hell so yeah. maybe he's going to kind of revitalize his homeland. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Okay, well, interesting stuff. You got to stay for the tail end of the show because Ryan brings the fun facts. This is an educational program, people. That it is. And we got to fade out the show with good tunes. But we want to wish everyone well. We hope you keep playing those great video games out there. Stay healthy. Play all those wonderful games coming into 2023. Ryan and I will be back real soon for an undisclosed episode topic. So come back in two weeks and we'll have more Talking Brothers for you. See ya.